يعني يو نو ايفرست جوين باك تو ايفرست يعني من ضمن الاشياء اللي راح اسويها باذن الله ام اوريدي كولابريتنج وذ ون ايجنسي في نيبال ال لونش بروجرام كولد ايفرست ليدرشيب ديفلوبمنت بروجرام اوكي give me your middle management two or three i'll take them to the trek during this trek i'll be coaching them we will have chats on leadership and management and what challenges they face at work and they'll come back transformed sure yeah so there's so much you can do with everest just the name you know just the name sure sure just the name the name brings you the business مثلا عندي groups مال mba oh Uh, they are from the entire GCC and beyond. Well, brochure, one pager. I made one pager, Everest. Leadership lessons about me, about the talk. We can't feed twist. What's your Everest? Okay, what's mm. your Everest? Then I improved the brochure. I made it two pages. I linked. The link between leadership and mountaineering. And she wrote what I wanted to write. Okay. So I put it as a quote. Okay. Then I looked at my slides and I saw what are the key takeaways. Let me put them. Sample topics. Planning, teamwork, conflict resolution, managing risk, crisis management. Okay. So now it's more comprehensive when when I send it to someone. So... A friend of mine came from Sabic and said, Mohammed, we have a conference in November. Would you be willing to speak at our conference? I said, okay, send me the brochure. And what's the budget? <laughs> budget, we will talk later. Okay. Okay. Uh, I know they can pay. I know they can pay. If Sabic cannot pay, who can, who can pay? So, they sent me an official invitation. I said, I'm the brochure. I said, The way I see this, Your conference is so technical, designed for engineers, scientists, technicians. The way I see it, and I come and I break all of this. God, but not have the We want someone to break this whole theme of being very technical. No, philosophy. then, uh, I go and do speeches for free. Mm. For, for getting the logo of that company on my brochure. Of course. Yeah. So, for example, I spoke at Google. Did they pay me? No. But I, I put there, speaking footprint, and I'm very careful. I'm not saying clients. Speaking footprint. Google. As seen on or as with. Yeah, Google. I spoke in Google, California, Mountain View, uh, in Google Plex, in the main campus. Oh, of course. Okay. So, so much marketing, so much, you know. Don't you feel like from a consultant perspective and you having your experiences both being as a C- CFO that, that just being from, from, from the West would allow you to almost triple your rate? Of course. Right? Being in the Middle East. Of course. Doesn't, doesn't that hurt course. to think about that? Of course it hurts. Well, I'll tell you something. In 2013, we had a speaker speak about customer service. And I was the MC of the event the entire day. And many people were saying, Muhammad, we all had the same idea. Mom, the moments you are there during the breaks, during facilitating the sessions, were more enjoyable than the American guy. And we know they are not paying you anything compared to. So, What can I do? 
That's that's a big culture change that needs to that يعني needs to happen. Speaking of Riyadh, مرّة من المرات كنت قاعد for two weeks. I had two weeks courses lined up. I met someone in the elevator. I said, Hi, I'm from France. I said, I'm here for two weeks now. I'm here for two weeks now. I said, I'm here for a year and a half. And I was just thinking, how much is getting paid? How much is he getting paid a year and a half? Stay in a five star hotel. What would be the rate he's charging? Okay? And you think then, the same thought you have. So if I was in your position then, I would leverage my ability of what I have here in the Gulf region and then move to either London or New York or America. Is it? <laughs> you got very hesitant right there. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and then I'm, I'm very mobile, على فكرة. I'm very mobile. Uh, I can move anywhere. I can move anywhere. Because I... that is the real pitch, is to message those American companies and give them insight about the Gulf region. That's where the big money lies. شوف أنا مثلاً كورونا خربت علي بروجكت مع American Express. That would have been a dream project. So the idea was to train their entire staff في البحرين and then move to Dubai using my book Chaikarak. Okay. Then Corona hit. So I had three sessions. But then Corona stopped, stopped everything. For the the whole idea of uh, of having a bigger client like that is. You have the same workshop, and you just repeat it for everyone. So me, for me as a trainer or a speaker, I don't have to do so much thinking. Just the same thing, just keep it fresh. But then all of them, they will speak the same language. So I don't usually advise this because a copy of a copy is always a copy. But Dan, if, uh, sorry, Lou, if you can open um, the Firefox and type in YouTube and then Scott Galloway. I don't know why you have to search on Google for YouTube, but okay, cool. And then type in Scott Galloway. Yeah. Now, S Scott Gallery is the professor at NYU CERN. He also does consultancy and all these other kind of stuff. And what hit, what brought him to success was actually creating free content on YouTube, doing business analysis mm -hmm. on different businesses. If you can scroll down. He used to do something uh, from a company called L2 Inc., which mm -hmm. then was sold for around 200 million. And th this is his procedure. And he, he does online classes as well, which costs about $800 to, to join for about two weeks. The views aren't so high, but that doesn't matter because yeah, the yeah, viewership yeah. Who, who, who do click Quality. on it, the amount of ad revenue they get is is about 40x higher than what you would get on a gaming channel or something like that. The reason I bring this up, famously he said in a podcast for his rate, and I don't remember what his rate was anymore. It was like 60k or 80k, something like that mm. for a day. Mm. And when companies would complain and say, hey, you know what, this dude or this dude and this dude, and he would just reply, boss man, you came to me, right? And that leverage is, is incredibly powerful. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the way of doing it. Absolutely, absolutely. Muhammad, that yeah. is the way to do it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you something else. So his rate is, is very meager compared to the, the rate I'm going to tell you about. Sure. I met someone in a conference, National Speakers Association Conference, Washington, D.C., July 2015, the best conference ever in my life. I had to prepare 
a document to decide where to go. Okay. If I don't get option one, I option two, option three. In most of the cases, I didn't get neither of the options. I had to go somewhere else because there were some topics that are in high demand. So I, I entered one room and this guy was speaking about strategic plans. He doesn't believe in 40 pages. He doesn't believe in 50 pages, 90, 100, 200, uh, even 10 pages, two pages. That's what he does. Strategic planning coaching for companies. And he pays anywhere between one to $5 million per year okay. per client. And you're sitting in the audience like this. One, is, is he telling the truth? And two, hmm. you know, how much of that is like bakshish, right? How yeah. much of that is like basta? So then he told us, he told us, I'll tell you why companies, they pay me this much. Because the amount of revenues I generate for them is nothing compared to what I charge. Over the, over the past five years, I've increased the revenues of my clients by 10 billion US. Do you think they would uh, mind paying a million or five? This is, I've been, I've been hearing this a lot, and I'm not sure if, you know, maybe you can convince me on this, Mohammed. I always hear that a course for $200 isn't going to be as powerful as a course for $2,000, and a course for $2,000 isn't going to be as powerful as a course for $200,000. And the sales pitch I always hear, and this is, this is truth to it, I guess, is that the person who's paying $200,000 for that course, you're meeting other people who have that necessary income yeah. for that 200000 And so it's less about the learning and more about the connections, the opportunity that you get to make. Well, I'll tell you something about this. Uh, I know someone who went to the general management program in Harvard. Okay. He's very successful. Very, very successful. All the big projects you see in Saudi, he's part of that. Okay. So I sent him a LinkedIn message, say, hi, Alex, quick question. You've been to Harvard, and they keep talking about the Harvard connection. So how much have you made out of this connection? He said, nothing. nothing. Sure. Yeah? So sometimes it's, it's you. Maybe he didn't utilize the network. Maybe the network is, is fake. Maybe the network is not worth as much as they claim in their ads and their literature. So it depends. Sometimes a free advice can change your life. I'll, I'll show you something. Okay. I'll share with you something. There is a friend of mine. Uh, I respect him so much. And, and, and today his company sent me some money. I received a text message. Okay. That so, put a smile on your yeah. face. That put a smile so, <laughs> on your face. I love that. Really, you work in sales. I love that. So, so what happened? Many, many years ago, I was working in Sif, Sif Mall. He saw me. He shot Muhammad. Yeah, he said, come, can you come down? I, I need to consult you with something. I said, yeah, sure. And the consultation was very easy. Um, my company is telling me that I have two choices. Either I move to Dubai, or I submit my resignation and they'll give me a package. What do you think? I said, why are you thinking so much about this? I said, I just got engaged. I said, so what? It's just Dubai. Go. But I said, go. Don't think too much, go. So I went to Dubai. Maybe a few years passed by and they saw how much he's disciplined, how much hardworking he is. They told him, we want to give you a project. We want you to set up an entire factory producing chemicals in Bahrain. Okay. Can you do that? 
He said yes. So he, went, he came back to Bahrain after a few years in Dubai, and uh, he started this uh, construction process, everything from scratch. So they gave him a, an empty plot of land, and he created the factory. And for this multinational company, they consider the factory in Bahrain as the best factory they have in the entire world. And, and you know, if he didn't tell me about my advice to him many years ago, I wouldn't know it. Okay. Because to me, that was just a passing thought. We're talking about Alba here, or what are we talking about? No, it's, uh, it's called BASF, B-A-S-F. Okay. Okay. And uh, they, they have bigger clients, Aramco, Sabic, and many other Region chemicals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they are doing millions of dollars of sales. So if, if he resigned at that time, if he resigned, I said, no, 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 I'm staying here, I just got engaged. His entire life would have taken a different trajectory. Fair. Yeah. So sometimes it's not about the money, it's, it's about the, the, the thing you get out from the, the situation. For example, going back to this conference in the U.S. If you're from Bahrain and traveling to the U.S., you're paying, you're paying a big amount anyway, right? So there was a public speaking one-on-one course for one day just before the conference. And the price was 150 bucks. I thought, so what, 150 bucks, let me pay it. So I learned two main things from that one day. One speaker came up, he showed us a video, said, did you like this video? He said, yeah, fantastic video. He said, do you know how much I paid to make this video? How much? Nothing. I use this app called Animoto. So when, I, when I'm doing training or speaking sessions, I just take photos of the participants. When they go on a break, I create this video. When they come back, they are impressed. Oh, when did you make this? Just now, and they are impressed. And to me, just knowing that app on that day was enough sure. to pay 150. Now we have been talking about how many views you have on YouTube. And many people tell me that I should have more followers on my Instagram. And I said, I'm not concerned. If they want to follow me, let them follow me. I'm concerned about quality followers who will translate into money. Okay? So there was this YouTube expert. He showed us a video. Oh, before he showed us a video, he asked us a question. Who wants to create a video that will go viral? Anyone like that? So okay, let me show you one video and then we'll catch up on that question. He showed us a video. He was teaching something in the video, a few minutes. And he said, let me analyze the video for you. Uh, this video was taken by my phone. The t-shirt I'm wearing is a seven bucks uh, Walmart t-shirt. And this uh, whiteboard cost me 30 bucks. This marker cost me this much. Do you know how much I made from that video? I made $37,000. Now, do you want a video to go viral or do you want $37,000? It changes the perspective. So sometimes, not the, the money you pay. It's, it's how, what do you do with the information? What do you do with the insights you get from the video or from the course? Because think about it. How many people have MBAs now? How many? Everyone. Half the world. Yeah, everyone. So what? So what? Okay. 
And and some some people even go to the extent, no, no, I, I wouldn't go for this program. I'll go for this program. This university has a better branding. And then and then what? There's a lot to, to, to think about with your statement. I do agree with with if you're making content, you may take it, make a decision on what is that content's purpose. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, even in marketing and in sales, they don't understand the customer's needs, right? What are your actions are doing? Are you really solving their problems? And this is something, an old adage, I think, that changed in the last 10 years. Sales used to be about problem solution. Yes. Now everyone in the world can solve your problems. What, what customers are now more looking for is for them, it's for you to point out their issues. What are things that are they're blind to? Excellent. And that, that is really the, the change that we're seeing. Now, when you, when you brought up YouTube in the, in the sense of content, a lot of companies have this, have this decision paralysis where they're so worried of being infamous mm-hmm. that they don't do anything. Yeah. Uh, the amount of guests that we have on yeah. this show who are so scared to either broach certain topics or they go, oh, subhanAllah, what is my yani? This is going to think about me and this kind yeah. of stuff. I think, well, look at the content that you watch at home. How much of that is quote unquote corporate safe? Yeah. Zero. Hmm. Next to zero. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And why? Because it's interesting. And if you're not willing to be interesting on camera, then it doesn't matter how much or how famous you are, you're never going to get any kind of leverage. Barack Obama, Barack, yeah, by the way, yeah. he owns a podcast. Yeah. But nobody knows about this podcast. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because it's boring. Yeah. 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 Why do people listen to Joe Rogan? Because it's interesting. Yes, absolutely. The, the, uh, the topics you choose, the topic you discuss will always affect the audience. But let, let, let's, let's uh, think about the best startups or the best entrepreneur, entrepreneurial podcast or YouTube channels you have. If, if you do a search, you find very, very few who go very deep, discuss real topics. And, and that's the problem we have. Okay, I get what you're saying. It, it, there is truth to that. I, I do a lot of, a lot of these, these business gurus, you know, they're a dime a dozen at the moment when it comes to YouTube. A lot of them are cold reading. Right, where they say stuff like, oh, uh, you're the kind of person that likes to spend time alone, but at the same time like to go out. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything, right? <laughs> this, is, this is very interesting. This is very interesting. I recently published a series of public speaking tips. And I, I like acronyms. My book, Chai Karak, A Customer Service Story, is not about making karak. Chai Karak is an acronym for principles. I have so many acronyms, and one of them is called speaking. So speak. Speaking? Yeah, speaking. The word is speaking. So each letter, each alphabet. Oh, will, it's an acronym. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. give you a tip. So the last tip, the last tip, G, give actionable advice. Give actionable advice. Okay, because now if you go on, on the internet, you, you'll see so many speakers, they will tell you, follow your passion. Follow your passion. What does that mean? Now, if you come and ask me, how, how, do, how do I publish a book? I will give you a process. Okay, what's this book about? Who's the audience? What kind of chapters are you going to have in the book? Okay, tell me about one chapter. Tell me about the highlights of the chapter. Okay, can, can you make a table of all the chapters and make highlights for each chapter? Mm. And then, then we're talking about process. But when I come and tell you, follow your passion, 
Then what? The best advice I can give to people who are who are who don't know what their passion is, I would tell them go do a job you hate because you understand what you love very quickly. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Because if you, if you're doing something that you like, you don't feel you're working. You feel you just you're doing this. You're doing this because you you love doing this. So that, that that's something. But not everyone can follow their passion. You think so? You think you think that's the truth? Do you not? Do you not? Do you not feel there are plenty of people who just like being accountants? There's plenty of people who just oh, like yes. being marketers. Yes, yes. Not everyone needs to be Batman, right? Yes. A lot of people like absolutely, being Robin. Absolutely, absolutely. So not not everyone should be an entrepreneur. Not should be, uh, you know, just be whatever you want to be. Isn't this isn't this weird in this gen this timeline this decade? This zeitgeist at the moment, everyone and their cousin and their uncle and their grandmother wants to be an entrepreneur. It doesn't have to be. I don't. I mean, and without I, there's 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 so much money in the industry of just serving people who are who want to be exactly. entrepreneurs, but exactly. without exactly going anywhere. I'll tell you something. Uh, a friend of mine suggested that we do this together. There is a very famous course on on how to create your next startup. I can't remember the name. And he said, look, Mohammed, if you go back to the history, you go to the gold rush in California. There are two people who made money. People who found gold and people who sold shovels. Yeah, and pickaxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So unfortunately now, the shovel sales is more than the actual startup or the... the, the, the the founders that who are there in the market and and you know it's it's just like unfortunately people like to copy things that are working yeah so the classic example we use if you open a, a chai karak shop in bahrain you'll find seven chai karak shops next to it next day because that's that's the way they think so okay there there is there is truth to that especially when it comes to bahrain is a little different, I believe, than the rest. Of, well, every country is different than the rest of the Gulf. But in Bahrain specifically, when when people see something that that Ammo or who or Sahbo or whatever their friend is doing that is successful, instead of being like, hmm, that's interesting, what could I do? They just go, hmm, Ahmed is doing this, so I will do this. So it, it is this weird copy philosophy. Yeah. And that's why there's so many coffee shops all over Bahrain that are <laughs> going nowhere. Nowhere. Going nowhere, absolutely and, nowhere. And they are, they'll ultimately close. And it will be a waste. waste they don't of understand time, the market. Waste of capital. Uh, I feel sorry for employees that will be uh, let off the hook. So uh, you need to bring something different. I, I, by the way, I own a company here in Bahrain. And I took it over from my mom when she retired. And it took me about a year of being hit in my face till I understood that Bahrain is not the West. And that principles that I would use in the Western market does not work here in Bahrain. Yeah. You know, yeah. in, in the West, st stuff like Bakshish and Wasta happens, but happens at a higher level, you know, with consultants, yeah. and public speaking and stuff like that. But here in, here in the, the Bahrain, it is almost from the get go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, and, and people take it as something normal. Well, yeah, just pay it, man. Just pay it. Everyone's doing it. 
So everyone's doing doesn't mean it's it's right. It's not. But unfortunately, this is. It's it's not a problem. It's, it's for my perspective as a as, as a business owner. Right? Everyone wants to let, make a little cash. Yeah. That's fine. I don't have a problem necessarily with that. I have a problem with with when it starts being unprofitable for you to do the venture. Of course. Right. Of course. <laughs> then you're like, if well, it doesn't why make sense, this? it doesn't make sense. I I had one client. He spoke to me and he said, "Listen, I don't know what you can offer me." If I just give the company, if I just give the contract to to my cousin, we get the money. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. So 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 there's nothing I could possibly offer, that, that <laughs> other than going in debt. <laughs> and and not only that, you know, sometimes you get invited to submit a proposal, and you're just there to complete the three Process. quotations that are required by the company. While the supplier, the vendor, the preferred vendor is already selected, so this is this is a big problem, and this this is unsustainable. You know what's bizarre to me, and this is the the thing that took me a long time to get over, is that when you sub, when you submit your 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 invoice or you put your submit your 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 um, option or whatever the the proposal, sorry, yeah. when you submit your proposal, that one. The, the company would either never reply to you back. That's it, halas. Yeah, one way. One way. Yeah. And then, or secondly, when you act, when when you get a reply from them saying, "Hey, you know what? From the vendor that you did select, what could we have done better?" Yeah. You know, just give us some feedback. Why did we miss the opportunity? The 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 more often than not, the reply I normally get on this is either blank or this is internally. Yeah, we cannot. We cannot. <laughs> We cannot reveal this. We cannot uh, reveal this. I mean, how is it internal? Yeah. Me asking you, what could I do better? Yeah. Is it internal? Yeah. So, so the, the only way to get business is just send more proposals. That, that's it. I'll tell you about Brian Tracy. He's a well-known uh, author, speaker, consultant. He discovered early on in his career. So I'll, I'll tell you a little background about him, and then we'll come back to his sales process. So he started... He didn't have a degree, so he, he worked as a laborer, building houses. And then one day he thought, now I'm young. In the future, I wouldn't be able to do this. Is there anything else I can do? And they, someone told him you need to be a door salesman. Okay. So he just knock on the door. This is the products I have. Would My granddad used to do that. Yeah. So this is what he did. Of course, when you're a salesman and someone says no to you, oh, it hurts. So eventually, he noticed that for every 19 no's, he got one yes. I will, I will beat that. Yeah. I will beat that. But next time when you go on a drive somewhere, go to like an inner city, make sure that you drank a lot of water and suddenly you need to use the bathroom. Yeah. Very quickly, when you realize there are no bathrooms anywhere, you will get out of the car because I have in fact done this and start knocking on random strangers' doors and being like, hey, you know what? This is crazy, but I need to use your bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> and you will be surprised at how many people will, 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 will say, okay. <laughs> no, go for it. So, so now... Now, Brian Tracy is not looking at it as a no. He's looking at every no as a stepping stone to getting a yes. In this region, if you hear no a few times, that's it. You give up. And this is not the right place to give up. You need to keep trying again and again and again and again until you get something. But many people think it would be easy. To have a business, you make more money. You will be your own boss. You will hire people who will work for you. 
No, 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 no. But here's more than that. Here's here's where I counter you though. Here's where I'm going to play the devil's advocate. I truly believe that the best way of of achieving financial freedom and success is to build a funnel. Instead of you reaching out and breaking proposals and messaging your clients, because this all takes time, of right? Of course. The, none of this is free. Of course. Because your time is a cost. I would tell you rather invest that into making better videos, making better content to then be able to attract and let them come to you, right? This is this is my philosophy on this. This is fantastic. I'll I'll, I'll give you a, an example supporting that. Okay. You can you can give me a counter offer as yeah. well. I don't care. Yeah, no, I'll, 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 because I believe in this. Because we have limited time. How many people you you propose to? Not many. You have only twenty four hours. How many hours will you work? And if you're starting a business to have a better uh, work life balance, forget it. You'd be working twenty four hours a day. So, in two thousand and eighteen. I was getting a newsletter from someone. And one time he sent me book marketing media kit. And that time I was just publishing Chai Karak. And I wanted to get media attention. I wanted to get coverage for free. Oh, okay. okay. We can talk about this and how to so, do that. So what happened? I customized the media kit he gave me. It's a Word document where you plug in your text, your photos, make it a PDF, and then you have a media kit. Sure. So I went to one shop, printed 10 copies of that, nicely printed, and I sent them to different magazines and newspapers in, in, in Bahrain, and I got so many positive responses. I was featured in so many magazines, so many newspapers for free. Interesting. So when he sent me later an offer to subscribe a lifetime membership in his Authors Academy, and I'm an author. I always, I always have something coming up when it comes to book. So, one, one hundred and eight dollars. That that was it. And I was thinking, one hundred and eight dollars. This is nothing. Lifetime membership with all these facilities, with all these features he has. I'm going for this. And this is this is the one of the best investments that I've made in my life. Now. So good, in fact, he didn't even mention the yeah. guy's name or the business. Yes. So, <laughs> so, so a few months later, he was celebrating. He was celebrating. He uh -huh. was announcing to us, his customers, that he, he's happy that he, he reached 150,000 customers. Okay. Now you do the math. 150,000 mm. into 108. Mm. That's around $17 million. Mm. So all he did, he built his name, he built a platform, and it was just selling itself. So if you're a business today, if you're a business, going back to what you said, how long would it take you to get 150,000 customers? 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? If you're, if you're doing it the traditional way, yeah. Maybe more. Maybe you will never reach 150,000. But the way you're talking in terms of funnels, in terms of creating content that attract people, that build trust, that build credibility in what you have to offer, that's how you get business. I agree. I agree. I, in the end of the day, you have to understand that, that, that the person on the other end is always going to be a human. Yeah. Right? And so you, all your, your task at that point is to, to get over that boundary of that 
that that tech system, right? They have in their head like reasons to say no. Yes. The moment you can, yes. you can circumvent those reasons, you can get around yes. that, then you're much more closer to a yes. Yes, right? absolutely, absolutely. That's why in my brochure, if someone tells me, can you send us your brochure? I, w I will give them seven reasons that you should hire me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. But by the way, this is my favorite thing that I that I that I don't do anymore. Yeah. But I used to do was if if somebody so we have a minimum order list which is about seventy five units and uh, you know as much as I do when the lower the amount of units the more headache the customer is oh, yes. right whatever yes. yes. whenever the budget is lower yes. the more yes. for whatever reason that customer thinks that that they're paying let's say a thousand BD and therefore they should get like. Five star massive service where you're like, no, I mean, if you want that, then you should be paying 10,000 BD. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is the world we live yeah. in, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. So you pay for what you get. And um, long story short, they, they, they created all the headache. I gave them a, a price and they said, this is too expensive. I can get it this price. I can get it this price. I said, sorry, okay, who, who can you get it? Who can, who can do it for you at this price? They list me a bunch of reasons, blah, blah, blah. And I said, this is not profitable for me. It's not worth my time, blah, 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 blah. But I said, okay. I went to Alibaba. Uh, dot com and I, I found a compatible product and then what I did was look at reviews but the lowest review right mm -hmm. so it would be the worst <laughs> and then I sent it over them and I said listen clearly price is a problem for you clearly you don't care about working with with a company that's here locally here's a substitute who would be able to operate at, at your price point that you'd be happy with oh thank you blah 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 a few months later passed they messaged me saying you know, you, 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 you recommended this guy and he hasn't delivered yet and our money is gone and it's your fault. And I said, listen, buddy, you wanted the cheapest possible. You didn't want to work with me. So there you go. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. true. He, he, can you imagine the amount of arrogance he wanted me to, to, to manufacture his units for free yeah. because of that other supplier not delivering? I said, it's get not, out of it's here. It's not your business. It's not your business. It's not your business. So this is, this is this very This is one of my favorite things to do, by the way. This is, this is very interesting because sometimes I get calls from local training institutes. Uh, hello, Mr. Mohammed. Uh, we, we received your name from someone and they highly recommended you. So we're a training institute and uh, we have a client. We need to deliver a course on this topic. Uh, may we know how much do you charge per the hour? And the moment they say this, I said, I'm sorry. I don't work for, for 40 hours. Uh, I work by project. I work by project. I work for my experience. It's not about the hours I give you. It's about the value I bring. And then I, I think... A lot of people want to negotiate you on think, units no, or on hours. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we shouldn't be working together. Good luck in finding someone who likes to work for the hours. And I always say, uh, pay peanuts, get monkeys. Simple. I, I'm with you 100%. Very, very simple. Because, you know, there, there's a story. I don't know who was this artist. But by the way, sorry to interrupt you. We, we, I can tell you right now, our two guys right here, uh, Lou and uh, Dan, they've been struggling for about, what, a year now? Two years? How long, Dan? Four. Four years. For either customers are not paying. Yeah. Either customers are, our expectations are out of this world. Yeah. But budget is low. Um, what didn't so they, I think they listed what one for like what was one that you, the the Dan for like six hundred or what was what was it? 
It was for 6,000. And uh, how far did that conversation go? There we go. So, but they expect like like yeah, yeah, cinema yeah. cinema level cameras. Yeah, 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 they expect yeah. the best level of production possible. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But they're not willing to, to no, pay. No, 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 no. And by by the way, as 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 just to, to show you the other side, and what f makes me so furious about about uh, uh, Bahrain, and I've uh, or just more well more Bahrain because Bahrain has this issue more than Saudi and the UAE. I've had ministers on the show. I've had CEOs on the show. I've had all kinds of people on the show. And I say the same thing. How is it possible that I could I could charge in the UK for an ad for 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 LinkedIn? Oh, not LinkedIn. Sorry, for for TikTok. Okay. Five thousand pounds, two thousand five hundred BD for ten seconds. Mm -hmm. But here in Bahrain, people expect that for fifty BD. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I, it, and 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 that's the, that's the problem. You know the. The management, the executives who are overlooking this, they don't appreciate the value of the local talent, of what 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 this they is, can do. This is exactly the topic we had. I'll, with, I'll tell you go something. Ahead, go ahead. I'll tell you something. I, a friend of mine works in the Bahrain Polytechnic. He's a, he's a professor over there, and he's in charge of marketing. And he 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 pushed me to accept two interns from his department. He said, try them. Trust me, the work they have done is mind-blowing. And they are university students. Mind-blowing. The deliverables they gave me are worth thousands of dinars. I and they you. are local. Uh, trust me, when, when one time we were having an event, they said, we will come, we need to do a few things, we need to do a few, a few photos for you, a few videos. And the, the, the way they did it like this, they had subtitles, they had everything. I was thinking, if I, if I were to do this, uh, maybe I'll finish it in 2030, okay, not 2022. Sure. And they gave me everything on a flash memory, a stick, everything, strategies, uh, branding guidelines, everything. And these are just two university level students. But this is the problem. This is the problem in the Gulf region. This is why we have so much brain drain. Yeah. Right? I mean, if you're talented, and if, if you're talented and have any kind of level of intelligence, you're leaving the Gulf. In fact, I've had, I've had CEOs from, from Canu who said on camera, and happy to say it, if you are Bahraini, you should leave Bahrain and come back when you're 40. They said this on camera. Wow. So, so if, wow. if, 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 the, if, if CEO levels fr from big companies are saying this. Yeah, it's a big problem. I, I don't it's know what else problem. I can tell you. It's a big problem. I'll tell you, I, because I, I worked in Unilever, I finished university, I left Bahrain immediately. So I finished my final exam on Monday. On Wednesday, I was in Dubai. Okay, and then I was transferred to Jeddah, back to Dubai, and then ultimately I came back to Bahrain. But there are so many people who never came back. And I have a friend of mine, he calls himself the Bahraini expat. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. He, he worked in Bahrain only for three months. That's it. Now he's living in Dubai. He worked everywhere. Germany, London, uh, Riyadh, uh, Kuwait, uh, wherever you, you can think of, he worked there. And at one stage, at one stage, speaking of talent, local talent, he was the marketing director for Citibank responsible for, and now imagine the world map in your head, responsible for Africa, 
Middle East, Pakistan, and India. Do you think Citibank will hire anyone for this post? Sure. But what were his American counterparts making? Yeah. That's what I'm more interested yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, that's something we cannot fix, unfortunately. There's always this parity between the salaries I get and an expat gets. But this is my problem, right? Yeah. I, like, like, if we're doing the same thing, pay us the same thing. But this is my problem, right? I've, I've had people on the show and be polite enough not to say the names of them. Uh, but if you're watching our show, you can find out by looking at our older episodes. Yeah. Who said, who said well, why are you not doing the podcast in Arabic? Because the market isn't there. Simple yeah. as that. My reach would that's be... That's why I write in English. That's why you write yeah. in English, right? Yeah. This, is, this is the life that we have to live. And, and second of all, they said, well, why don't, you, why, why don't you settle in Bahrain and invest, message Tamkeen, go with government, do bigger things? I said, for who? For what? If you're, if you're coming to me and saying, hey, you know what? Uh, produce local content and, and, and export, it, or export it into the rest of the world. Fine. I can do this. Yes. Right? Yes. But don't come to me and say, oh, you know what? Uh, 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 do, do local content for the local region. F you, first, my talents and skills are wasted on it, number one. And number two, you're not going to be happy with the results that you're going to see. <laughs> it's going to cost you a lot of money. And, and not only that, not only that. Think of it this way. Would you rather produce a content that's suitable only for a small region? Or a content that can be applied everywhere. Well, that doesn't... See, I disagree with that statement. Because if, if you can specialize your content to be very regional, but be very, very important, and, and, and build that kind of like face, which, then fine, right? Mm. But it has to have the ROI attached to it. Right or wrong? Right? Yeah, of course. If, 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 you're not, if you're not making money at the end, this is not a free, you know? We, we have... We have Bills, bills to, pay, to pay. We have families. We have, we have private schools fees. You know, I agree. So many things, and uh, should be scalable. The word is scalable. We don't have a scale in Bahrain and the GCC. We don't have a scale. We need to have something that's scalable. This gentleman who has one hundred fifty thousand customers who are subscribing to his author's academy, they are everywhere. Sure. But I mean, not not to be too too harsh to Bahrain in general. Bahrain is changing. Alhamdulillah, we have now Brave, right? Who just popped up? Who are now competing for for US yes, matches? Yes. Uh, then we have uh, what was the football league called then? Uh, winners. Then we have Winners Academy. Winners Mashallah is becoming Alain. a club. It, it, yeah. it already is. It's the first private club yeah. in Bahrain. Yes. Finally, we're we're seeing mobility. We're seeing movement. Right. It, we should see more of this. We I should agree. See more of this. We should see more of this, and I, I think we should attract the Bahraini talents who are placed regionally, placed internationally. You'd be surprised of how many brains we have outside Bahrain. There is a... But what opportunities do they have to come that, back that, from? That, that's, that's the thing. Right. You need to create something for them to come back. You need to create a magnet. Okay, this part we'll definitely have to cut out because I'm not. I'm, I'm, this is no way I'm going to be able to say this on camera. <laughs> but let's be honest here with the two of us, Habibi. There is a reason here in Bahrain why you only find companies only growing to medium. Hmm? There's only a, there's a reason why companies only grow to a medium. Yeah, there's a reason for it, and and that's because the the there are bigger companies up top who make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they this never is, get up there. This is this is unfortunate, you know. The, the bigger companies are eating the market share of. We don't have antitrust laws in Bahrain. 
Okay? So uh, the competition is not fair. Competition is not fair. Definitely you need to cut this. Yeah. Yeah? It's not because of business, <laughs> it's because of Ayla. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not Ayla only. It's, uh, each, each business segment is allocated to someone. Exactly. Finish. Finish. Each, each business is allocated to someone. Exactly. That's it. And if you're an entrepreneur, the biggest you can grow, in my opinion, from what I've seen around living here now for about a year and coming in and out of Bahrain for 30 years, is about middle size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about it. Yeah. That's, that's the... Unless, unless you break into an internet business that is boundaryless. Mm. Okay. He would be surprised how quickly people will start knocking yeah. your door, Habibi. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. That, that's why many people prefer to work in silence. By the way, this discussion, for example, we could have in Dubai. Yeah. But we could not have in Bahrain. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so. Isn't this the irony? So people can work in silence so that they are not in the radar and do whatever they want. <coughs> and this is very unfortunate. This, this is the this is the the, the thing, right? I mean, <coughs> I uh, we're talking about we're talking about a decade. I used to know. Um, I used to know one of the biggest tailoring companies here in Bahrain. Uh, in fact, they supply JCPenney, mm. right? And then one day he got a knock on his door and they said 10% of revenue. Yeah. And if he doesn't pay 10% of revenue, they'll turn off the electricity. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so he, he left the country. Yes, 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 absolutely. In fog and midnight. <laughs> he packed all the machines up, said he's looking for a new location in Bahrain. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely. put it on the ship and <coughs> goodbye. A absolutely, absolutely. So this is unfortunate. You definitely need to cut this. I know someone, mm. they told them, you need to relinquish 50% <laughs> okay, of, of your factory so that you can, you can continue getting order from one, two, three. Otherwise, we will cut, we'll stop these orders. And these orders were so big. If they, if they are cut. Then they might as well close the business. Yeah. So this is unfortunate. Then at that point, you know, this is, this is the, the thing that, that, I mean, it's, it's weird. Again, I'm not sure if this part, maybe we can conclude. It, it's this duality. Because on one side, you have that going on in Bahrain. On the other side, you have this weird, weird expat idealization. Yeah. Right? Especially when it comes to British expats. Right? And, and that's, you know, this is factual. The British were here yeah. for, what, 20 years almost? Yeah, 200 years. 200 More years. than 200 years. Yeah. More than 200 years. And yeah. so even till today, you, 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 you will find when, when, when they invite, you know, like a, a, a British consultant. Oh, British consultant. But you don't see that Rulaqa Saudiya. I'll tell you something about this. Uh, I'm sure you are familiar with the logo of Bahrain 2030. Sure. Okay. So this logo was created by a local company hmm. um, led by a Bahraini. Uh, may God bless his soul. He passed away a long time ago. So he, he created this company and they called the company, even the name of the company was very creative. Black Sheep. Mm -hmm. Black Sheep. So they were competing with international agencies. Uh, with the Bahrain Economic Development Board, he, he, he told a friend of mine, when we walked into that room and we, and we saw what other agencies' representatives were wearing and how we, what, what kind of clothing we wore, we thought, there's no way we're going to win this. 
but they want it. Government contracts? Yeah, they want it. They designed the Bahrain 2030 sure. logo. Sure. Small company. It was only one year old or two years old. Things are changing, I suppose. Yeah. So, so there is talent. There is there isn't anything under the sky but that a British person can do and a Bahraini cannot do. No, معك حق. Yeah. معك خطأ. I'm, yes. All I'm saying is that the difference, in my opinion, from what I'm seeing, is the awesome يحطهم تحت. If a British consultant, the workforce, the Bahraini, put them awesome tight, they go, oh, mashallah, you must know something. You will not see that behavior. Yeah, that's good. That's I, good. I, don't disagree. I agree yeah, with that's you. Good. I agree with you. Yeah. In, in Saudi, you know, if they bring in a British consultant, they go, طيب, what does he have? ليش هو جابه؟ ليش ما يعني I have I went to a, a US university. Yeah. You know, this is the difference of attitude that I, yes, I yes, see. Yes, well, yes this, this I, definitely has to change. Definitely, it, not, not with the British only, with any expat. Again, we were talking before we're starting this conversation. If I go and speak somewhere, they will negotiate so much. Muhammad, we have bills to pay. Can you reduce your rate? I have bills to pay. What, why don't you ask them? What's the rate for your for your for your yeah. international consultants? So you, you are happy. You are happy to bring a, an international speaker, and you pay them fifty thousand. Dollars. If I tell you five thousand, you will tell me this is too high. So explain that behavior. <laughs> How is that possible? Why don't you take Why don't you take a, a, a two thousand from him away from yeah. fifty thousand? So so this is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy, and this is what makes talent run away. Disappear everywhere. Not in Bahrain. Not in the GCC. Everywhere. Talent need to be appreciated. Talent. Need to get opportunities. We have we have so many. By the way, this is also again. This is this is talks again about the cultural problems here. We we have so many business owners, so many entrepreneurs who come and sit where you're sitting and say these same things. Either that that Bahrain is great for startup, except one problem: they put a lot of blocks in front of your road. Mm. Right. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so so their excuse and the, 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 my favorite saying is: if you can if you can make it in Bahrain, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> Well, that, that's, that, that's very harsh. That's very harsh. That's very harsh. But you know, I'll, I'll tell you something. This is not, this is not me saying yeah, it, by yeah, the way. This I, is I a know, quotation. I know. I know. But I know there are so many successful startups in, in Bahrain. Uh, they, have, they have been growing internationally. And uh, if I can mention a name. Go for it. Uh, Ahmed Faraj. He's the CEO of uh, Limofi, it's a learning platform that solves an HR issue that companies have been facing for Didn't years. Didn't we have him on? Didn't we have him on? Yeah. Limofi, he, he wore glasses. Maybe. Yeah. So, Sorry to interrupt you. So now, now Limofi is everywhere. Their footprint is everywhere. They, they are in the Middle East, they are in Europe. They are in the Far East. So basically what they do is they, they solve this problem. You're, you're my employee. And I come to you in the appraisal and I say, you need to improve this and you need to improve that. And you know. But you don't give me anything. They solve that problem. So everything is fit into the system. And then there are courses, learning opportunities where you can improve yourself. So that next year when I'm your boss talking to you again, you can show me. This is what I did. It's an interesting concept. I think there's <coughs> there, that that has some some real potentiality, especially if you do it as a subscription business model. 
you'd have to you'd have to link it in either with LinkedIn or with Microsoft. You know, in the corporate uh, world. Ultimately, I see them being acquired. By yeah, someone. absolutely. Well, there, there's that old saying or adage, right? It's easier to be a billionaire than to be a millionaire yeah. right now. Yeah. Because yeah. there's yeah. hardly, there's at least in the West, there are no more small to medium businesses. They're all been taken away from the market. A perfect example is, is their social media. Why is it that, uh, what, Facebook, Instagram, uh, WhatsApp, Facebook, uh, Pinterest, or all, all American companies. Yeah, it's all from the US. Ex the only exception is TikTok. <coughs> China. Which is China, but the board members are American. Yeah. So. <coughs> so I'll tell you something about, about us being here sometimes, and we don't see opportunities. Sometimes a foreigner will see opportunities that we don't see. And I'll give you one example. Because <coughs> we have been harsh on them. Let's give them a little bit of credit. Okay, let's see. What <coughs> Let me get rid of this guy. Go ahead. Let me have a cigarette so we can take a pause. All right, we're back. So, so I was, I was telling you a concept that, uh, that many people would, wouldn't like. Sometimes we as locals, we don't see the opportunities expats see. Okay. Okay, I'll give you one example. I was traveling. And it was during the time of the old Bahrain airport, not the new one. So I was getting into Dilmun Lounge. And before you enter, there are two cabinets where they stack so many magazines on them. And I saw one magazine, and on the cover, there was someone I knew, and I'll tell you who. But when I saw the cover, I thought, is it really him? I read the name, it was him. So I took three copies. Who is it? I'll tell you. It's someone who came from Germany to finish his PhD research, and his research was our company. So he was a relative of the CEO, and he made this arrangement for him. Nepotism, as usual. He told us, give him whatever information he needs. He needs to finish his PhD. And he stayed for six months with, with, with us in the company. And we were thinking, what, what is he doing here? He left Germany and came, back, came to Bahrain to study our company. We're not Microsoft, we're not Apple, we're not any of these big companies. So the cover of the magazine had his name, his picture, and it had this title for him, Serial Entrepreneur. We are making fun of him in our company with my team. In that magazine, they talk about him just finishing a deal about 500 million US dollars. He created a company in, in Dubai providing a service. It wasn't the first company. So while he was in Bahrain doing his research, PhD research, he was traveling to Dubai every weekend scanning what is missing in Dubai. And eventually he started all these ventures out of Dubai. And then one of them worked. Not one, many. Oh, mashallah. And today, today he's, he's very filthy rich. If you have an idea, you can create a YouTube video and send it to him. He will decide whether to invest or not. So sometimes it takes an outsider eye to see an opportunity. Because you pass through the opportunities every day, every day, every day. You don't see them as opportunities. So sometimes, 
There's, I would it say, works that way. I, say, I would say there's a larger picture here to say. The, one of the beautiful things about being in the Gulf region is that you, you, you get to see what works in the West and then duplicate. That's yeah. the most beautiful thing about here. Because whatever happens and is working in, in the US, five years later will come to, to the Gulf region. <coughs> yes, it <coughs> happens most of the time that way. It, but but uh, sometimes, if you have an investment banker coming back to you in Bahrain and the GCC with an investment idea, you should be worried. Because investment idea, good investment, brilliant investment ideas will never reach the Gulf. They'd be covered before they leave the U.S. borders. So what, what do you get? Is the leftovers. Is the investment opportunities that no one wants. Because think about it. If you're an investment banker and you know this is a good idea, the first people you approach is your family and friends. Of course. And then you go to investors within the circle. And you cover it up. You cover the investment required, and that's it. But if you don't find anyone from your family, from your friends, from your uh, investment community, you come to the Gulf. Why? Because the Gulf, they have oil, they have money, they'll invest. It's, yeah, I, I, it's, it's an interesting attitude that you say. There, there is a lot of VC money, sadly, in the Gulf region that heads to the West, and not enough that, that is retainable and stays here. Yeah. As a larger picture and issue, this comes to what we were saying earlier, I, I know businesses who, who've said on the show, again, watch our previous episodes to see it, uh, who said they, they've put Made in Bahrain on their products and it almost destroyed them. Yeah. I know a lot of companies yeah. who, who operate and have a headquarters here in Bahrain, yeah. but they're listed in Nevada, Belgium. It's all about marketing. It's not about marketing. It's about, it's, it's, I think. Because, no, no, it's marketing. Because if, if you put Made in the EU, EU or Made in the US, People are more willing to trust the product. So this is, this is about the branding of the Gulf. Why Emirates Airlines spend billions of dollars on advertising? You go, you go in a remote area in Austria, you see Emirates Airlines. We need to build that brand. We need to build that brand. And speaking of brands, we had Craft Factory in Bahrain. Now they changed the name to Arla or something. One of the best investments that came to Bahrain, and that's what we need. In Bahrain, in the GCC, we need more multinational companies invest here. Dubai is by far exceeding everyone. By, by the way, there are multinational companies that do come to Bahrain and do invest. However, they specifically request and specifically said, don't advertise that we are here. In fact, even Apple has an office in Riyadh, but they don't have it under the name Apple. Okay. They, this is, this is, <laughs> that's very strange because I'll tell you, Dubai has been very successful in attracting multinational companies just in Jabal Ali Free Zone. And I'm talking about 2014, they had 150 of the Fortune 500 companies in Jabal Ali Free Zone, let alone the other zones. Sure. So the question now is what can we do to bring, them more, to bring more of these companies in Bahrain? In Saudi, I know now in Saudi, they've changed the laws that if you want to get business out of Saudi, you need to be here. You need to invest here. Not only invest in capital, invest in people. Staff have to be here. And that's the way to do it. Yes, but, but you, you also have to recognize that what Saudi is doing at the moment, and a lot of people will hate me saying this, is, is very smart, no doubt about it. But the top level talent 
regardless of how open and how 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 open you you makes real it still doesn't have a beach you're not going to be able to convince someone a, a ceo a c suite level an exec a consultant god knows from the from that level who will who will be willing to spend their weekends in real Regardless of if you if you open everything up, it'd still be that case. Why? Because people like looking at water. People don't look like looking at yeah. just the desert. Yeah, but you know, uh, you can always provide alternatives, uh, resorts. You know, when I was living in Jeddah, there were some compounds where you don't feel you're in Jeddah. Sure. You're, you're somewhere else. Sure. So you can always uh, provide alternatives and promote uh, promote other promote other uh, perks. Uh, you know, if you're in Riyadh, you can be anywhere in the Gulf. Within a few hours. Okay, I'll give you a counter to that. A Ram, why do most people, most Westerners who work in Aramco live in Bahrain? Yeah, they, 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 they like Bahrain because of the lifestyle. Lifestyle, and most importantly, their families as well. Oh, and why do their families want to live in Bahrain? Yeah. Lifestyle, yeah. right? Lifestyle. So, so that, that's something that Bahrain benefited from. And, and we need to think about how we can bring the GCC instead of me and you are talking about uh, Dubai and Saudi and Bahrain, how do we benefit as GCC? And that's a very high top-level discussion. Well, I mean, we've had, we've had ministers on the show and who said, who said that, they, that they believe how it's going to play out is that Saudi is going to be you know, capital of finance, UAE is going to be capital of tourism, and then where does that leave Bahrain? Bahrain will... will, will, will bring in more retired retired people who who instead of going to Turkey or Spain to retire, come to Bahrain, fine. Bahrain has top medical facilities and they're going to keep investing in facilities. We're right now opening up a new hospital, uh, a military facility, Jam Hamad down there. And and that's what they, that's what they see Bahrain as, as being a capital for education and medical field, medical standards and practices. And that's what they're going to supply to the rest of the Gulf region. Whether that will work or not, I don't know. Well, I think one of the main catalysts for this to happen is to have a better network between all the GCC countries. Sure. Yeah, be it trains, be it flights, be it even traveling by ships. If you make it easier to go around, even the talent can move internally. That's, I mean, that's all fine and dandy, but that doesn't solve solve the larger issues in that GCC does not have the necessary services, right? I mean, Google is American, mm -hmm. right? And that's 99% of search and search results start with Google, yeah, right? <laughs> Twitter is American, Facebook is American. So, so until we we Netflix, Netflix is American. Until we, the Gulf region has its own service providers. That is the only way that we will well, see I'll a tell rise. You something. In you mentioned these big companies, and we had this discussion in uh, my university was Saba Group the other day. I I don't think there is any way we can compete with these companies. No way. I don't. I don't see a way. You know, Apple has around one eighty billion dollars in their bank accounts. Sure. How can you compete with that? You cannot. Okay. So. That's why in the GCC, uh, I know in, in Bahrain, I know in UAE, I know in Saudi, they are hoping to produce unicorns, startups that grow to be a billion dollars companies. And hopefully with that, then you have all these services that are very particular 
to our region. For example, in Bahrain, we have a, an app mm -hmm. called Al Majlis. Mm -hmm. It's like LinkedIn. If you think about it, it's just like LinkedIn. But the beauty about it is focused on Bahrain. Sure. So if, if you need something, you, you go out and say, uh, guys, I need this. And you get recommendations. If you go to LinkedIn, you have contacts from everywhere. The recommendations you, you, you may get may not be as, in terms of quality, may not be as the ones you get from Al Majlis. But can Al Majlis compete with LinkedIn? No. I agree with you, but I, I would, if you would like, if you'd come to me as, as from a perspective of an investor, right? And you would say, hey, you know what? I have this company called Majlis. I'd be like, okay. And he'd be like, it's domestic and it mainly is uh, surrounded by Bahrain. I would show you the door. Right? Yeah. I would be like, why, why? I mean. Yeah, again, scalability. What are you talking about? Why are scalability. Scalability. And that might be wrong to me because you might have great returns, right? And, and, but from my investor head, I, I would think to myself, well, you know, what, what is the probability of them working? What is, the, what is their market? How much of their growth going to be? How, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And absolutely. so you're stuck with that kind of thinking. <laughs> we, 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 I, can, I can recommend you the founder of Al Majlis and you can talk more about Halas, we will invite that. him in. We, we, we can we, do a three-way show. Yeah. You, and, you, can, you two play defensive <laughs> and I'll play aggressive. <laughs> yeah, so, but, but you know, you need to try. You need to try. Not to try is not an option. I don't not disagree. to try in is an option. It's not an option. We need to try. If, if, we, want, if we want to change things to the better in the GCC, having better lifestyles, having a better prospect for the, the future generation. Now, in Bahrain, do you know how many universities we have? We have 18. MashaAllah. So what do you do with the graduates? Is there a market to absorb all these graduates in Bahrain? And if you tell a Bahraini to get out from Bahrain and work somewhere else, they say, no, 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 I wouldn't. Then no, what, what would you do? No. I agree with you. Yeah, so you need to get out. If you, if you don't get an opportunity in Bahrain, get out. Go to Saudi, go to Dubai, go anywhere. Just grab something. And now you're giving the same advice as all yeah. those other CEOs gave at the yeah, time. Because, because <laughs> there this, you go. this is what I'm telling you. I'd rather be a graduate and working somewhere and being in Bahrain and waiting forever to get a job. So a person would not make, it wouldn't make sense to me. If I'm a graduate, I have good degree, I'm talented, I have the necessary skills, and I don't find a job over here. Let me go anywhere else. So what would you give advice to your son and your daughter? If they come to you, they just finished university, say, hey dad, I'm looking for a place to go to work, where would you tell them? Well, you know, my daughter is already thinking of uh, leaving. Mm. Uh, to the U.S. because she, she wants to do graphics and uh, video productions and film production and over there it makes more sense. Yeah, uh, My other two kids, I don't know what will happen because they, we didn't have this discussion yet. But I'll choose, I'll choose to pursue the opportunity regardless of where is that opportunity. We, we're, we should, I don't see myself as a, as a Bahraini only. I see myself as a global citizen. Wherever the opportunity is, I'll just go and chase it. That's it. The, 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 that's a famous poem and quote by, I don't know who said it, I am first man before I am nation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I like how you're reflecting yeah. at that. So, so because ultimately, you have only one life. You need to make the best out of this life. Whether you make it the best in Bahrain, in Saudi, in GCC, anywhere else. 
I need to be somewhere. I need to fulfill my dreams. I need to discharge my energy somewhere. So if so, if your daughter's already big into like video production, graphic design, why don't you ask her, pay her a little bit, and and uh, let her do your marketing? Yeah, she can do that. She can do that. Yeah, but you're but too worried about doing it. Right, or you don't but, want but to. But you know, I'm I'm. Uh, I don't want to be someone as a client to my daughter, not because we will quarrel about the bills, but you know, I, I know she's already busy. Mm -hmm. So let her be busy with other things uh, she's doing in parallel with her schooling. Uh, if if I come as a client, then I'll be exerting more pressure on her. Do you think so? You don't yeah. think she she would she would not enjoy a few hundred extra BD in her allowance? Well, she she would definitely enjoy. She would definitely enjoy that. But I know she's she's working. I'm trying to sell your daughter very yeah. hard to you now. She, she, she's uh, she's 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 more passionate than she's more concerned about her passion than the money. Okay. Yeah. So uh, she 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 already has a portfolio and she's working on it and that's why that's why you have a different generation. You you have been telling me about people leaving their countries, but the new generation they are all more open. Sure. Than the older generation. I I, I know someone. He's an IT expert. He has a company in London, and and this goes back to 2014. <coughs> we were having this discussion. And he's telling me there is a company in London, an IT company, IT consulting company. They gave him a blank offer. Okay. Just write the salary, the package you want, come, come to London. He wouldn't leave Bahrain. He wouldn't leave. If I were in his position, I would leave. Make some money, uh, create some wealth, then come back to Bahrain. But what was he doing to be even on the radar for those companies? Come again? What was he doing to be even on the radar for those companies? I don't know. He was he was doing something very specialized in IT sure. relating to uh, enterprise resource planning systems, ERP systems. So he, he had that very specialized knowledge in banking. Okay. So so he could make more money over there. Because this is my perspective. If I don't get an opportunity in Bahrain, I'll get an opportunity outside Bahrain create some wealth, have, have it on your CV that you worked internationally in London, New York, then you are more marketable in the region. <laughs> it's, it's a difficult equation to, to, to say. I, I feel like I, I'm trying to put my mind into the position of where I would factor it into. If I would look at it from a fresh graduate perspective, I would concentrate on my portfolio, depending on what industry obviously yeah, you're in, right? But if it would be in the creative field, I would concentrate on my portfolio. Uh, I would do like fake adverts for brands, mm -hmm. right? For like Pepsi or Coca Cola. Yeah. And then I would look for smaller brands and then say, hey, you know what? I did this mock up for, for, for uh, Coca Cola and it's right now being in consideration. I could do something similar to you. Yeah. That kind of sales pitches yeah. I would do. Yeah. Um, from a perspective of, hey, you know what? I'm a I'm an accountant or I'm a manager. Yeah, that's very difficult. No, 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 no. It's not difficult. It's not difficult. Let's not make it difficult. There are so many graduate trainee programs for multinationals, for agencies in the United Nations and World Bank, IMF. You can always pursue that. I'll tell you one example. I have a friend of mine. We met in Jeddah, and we met in a very funny way. We were in Jarir Bookstore on Sawari Street, and he was looking at the business book section. I didn't know him. 
So I told him, uh, excuse me, brother, if you're looking for a good book, There's this mine. is a good book. <laughs> no, I, I, I was not published at that time. So I told him, if, if you're looking for a good book, I recommend this. He said, I have that. Okay, if you have that, then maybe, maybe this. I have that as well. Maybe this. I have that as well. I said, do you know what? Why don't you come to my apartment? I have a big collection of books. And, and he looks at you like that. And, and you can borrow any books you want. He said, really? I said, yeah. I said, oh, that's so, so kind of you. I said, how, how, how do we go? I said, well, we just follow me. And so he came. He took five books. And he returned them in a week. So he read five books in one week. And this is one, one problem we have. We don't read. Yeah? So this gentleman... He was working in IDB, Islamic Development Bank in Jeddah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah? So this is, this is his story. He saw an ad in The Economist magazine. He's from Gambia, by the way, in West Africa. He saw this ad that the IDB is looking for graduate trainees. He sent them a very small email. Dear sir, I'm applying for the graduate trainee program. Please find my CV. Regards, CD Kata. They accepted him. And he grew through the ranks of IDB. Ultimately, he was seconded to another United Nations agency in Italy. And then he came back. Then, when uh, the government changed in Gambia, they, invi they invited him. He said, you have been outside the country, it's time to come back and work on developing your nation. So now I'm very proud to say that I know the Minister of Labor of Gambia. Oh, mashallah. Yeah. So, so why? Because he pursued an opportunity. And that opportunity brought so many other opportunities. So going back to the concept, be a global citizen. Yes, you have loyalty to your country. No doubt about that, but make something for you. Make something for your family. Make something for your community. I think we're getting into a larger issue here. I think a lot of people do motion rather than action. A lot of people do a lot of planning, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, I'm going to do this when I achieve that, right? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Instead of just going and doing. Yeah, it doesn't work. I, I, I will always be internally thankful <coughs> for my friend Lux. Uh, I was talking to him about it and I said, you know what, I want to start a podcast and this kind of stuff. But this and this and this. And he said, hey, you know what, shut the fuck up. Get your phone out and let's do one right now. Yeah. I said, like, right now? He's like, yeah, fuck it. Get your phone out. Two phones and two microphones. And that's how we did our, our, our first podcast episode. And, and yeah. if it wasn't because of him pushing me down the line, it might have never happened or it would have happened six or nine months later. It's an inclination of action. That's what we need. Absolutely. Push. Yeah? Yeah, just push. And, and thinking too much, uh, we had a saying in our company in Unilever, uh, analysis, analysis, analysis leads to paralysis. You just sit and do nothing. And, and that's how you waste your life, by not doing anything. Just do something. My friend does this with, with buying homes. He says he doesn't look at more than three homes. Mm. If he's buying, he looks at three. That's, That's it. it. Because if he keeps on looking more, then khalas, it'll he, be he'll nightmare. Get crazy. It gets crazy. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing I think uh, the youth should consider, 
is that they live in the best era of a humankind. Oh, I'm not sure if I would agree with that. But no, okay. no, no, no. We, we have all the resources. We have everything. Can you imagine your life without WhatsApp now? Yes. Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah? Now, I can sit here. I can be in Nepal. I can be in the U.S. I can be in London. I can do all my business using my phone. All my drives are connected, my Microsoft drive, my Google drive. I can do anything I want on my phone. <coughs> so they have that. If you are on, if you are on, if you are, if you are an owner of an iPhone, you have iTunes University. You have podcasts to listen to. You can watch YouTube. Now, I read the Wall Street Journal. And every now and then, Google will put an ad for YouTube. Someone's life was transformed because of YouTube. Someone who liked barbecues started watching YouTube and how to do barbecue in different ways. And now they have their own restaurant. So we have opportunities like that that were not present in my time. The other thing is I use the freelancers. I don't have employees. I use freelancers. Oh, what do you use? I use Fiverr, I use freelance.com, I use so many other websites. Well, Upwork is really good. I yeah? use Upwork. Upwork, I used it as well. So one time in Fiverr, there was an Indian lady. She put her profile and, and the platform will tell you this lady, this freelancer made $275,000 on this platform. Mm. And when I approached her, she had a story to tell. She had a narrative to convince me that she's the good fit. And she told me, I have three internet lines. So you don't have to worry. I'll be connected all the time. I usually respond within three hours. And when you see that she made already $275,000 and you see the ratings, you can have some level of assurance <coughs> on her reliability. Now, don't we all have access to these? We can all be freelancers. We can teach English to Chinese and make so much money. Here's, here's my counter to, to your narrative. Because of how I am set up brain-wise, mm. as you can see with our, with our yeah. logo, I do not believe that that shit is real. I believe that, that she worked with a little gang, right? They paid the 5% commission, you know? Mm. And they mm. purposely pulled up her profile. I don't even believe that she's a woman. <laughs> and that's that's this yeah. because my brain is like so trained on on like sales and yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that whenever I see that kind of stuff, be it on Upwork or LinkedIn, I always think to myself, a, <coughs> it's like it's like NFTs. What is it like? Something ridiculous? Like eighty percent of of of, of high level in, in, uh, NFTs are just people circling cash yeah, 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 yeah. to to just make it look like it's yeah, high. Yeah, and that's exactly what I think of Upwork employees all the time. But Let's say she has her own network. Sure. If you're getting what you want, do Who I cares? care? No. No. So that's, that's the thing. But it's a great sales pitch to yeah, get that. that, that, that that's, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's the thing. We had, we had uh, an employee in our company. He was a driver. Very simple driver. Bahraini driver. So he resigned. He resigned from the company. Said, did you get another job? He said, I'm, I'm not going to work for anyone in my life. Finished. I'm retired, Bitcoin. So what are you doing? He said, uh, I'm, I'm buying a taxi. I'm buying a taxi, I'll, I'll work as a taxi driver. I said, are you sure? Because you know, it, I, as far as I know, taxi, they don't make much. 
He said, no, 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 we have a plan. It was the first time I hear a taxi driver saying, we have a plan. Today, he runs a network of taxis. They are in demand all the time because of the way they operate. And now, very soon, he'll start his own tourism company. Not in Bahrain, outside Bahrain. Of course. Okay? So, the opportunities are there. If you go around now and meet taxi drivers in Bahrain, so how's business? Oh, we're waiting for the winter season where all these big ships come and they have all these tourists from Europe. Now there's nothing. This, this guy, he's busy all the time. Well, you know what? If, 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 if you go on Uber, for whatever reason, they give you a different driver than when you get from, from the Mata. Yeah. Right? And uh, I spoke to the guys from the Mata. They're always Bahrainis and always, mm. you know, ex-military Jewish, mashallah. And uh, they always have that same story of being like, oh, you know what? Slow flights, blah, 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 yeah. bad yeah. income. But from the Uber drivers I, I always talk to, which is the same company, same yeah. car. Yeah. They always say, too much work. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so where, where, what is happening? What is the so, disparity? So it's, 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 it's perspective. It's being resourceful. Okay. This, this gentleman I'm talking about, I always use him when I go to the airport. I, I mean, not him, per se. Company. Uh, I, I call his mobile. If he's sleeping, his mobile is transferred to someone else. And they'll just fix me up. That's it. If I'm coming from uh, outside... They'll just pick me up from the airport. How much are you paying for to the trip to the airport? Ten dinars. Ten dinars from um, from the airport to Sar. To Ten Sar. dinars flat. Okay. okay so so they, they are busy all the time. I pay five from here to. to yeah. So they they are busy. It's about how do you take this, uh, being a taxi roaming around in your car looking for a passenger, from a pull model. Sure. They call you, and you send someone to them. So opportunities are there. I, I don't disagree with you, but again, I mean, well, what kind of returns are you doing on ROI, right? I mean, what you're looking at, 10K a month? Maybe, if you're lucky, from a business perspective, that's not a lot of money. See, the thing is, uh, people have different uh, levels of income aspirations, and, and, and some people, I'll tell you, I, I know some people from my family. They are government employees. They are living, they are leading a very happy life. Sure. When I know their salaries, I would think, how are they are living? Bakshish. How are they are living? <laughs> okay. How are they are living with this salary? But because they have that limited salary, their purchases, their lifestyle is everything. Everything's different. They will not go for branded clothing. They will not buy a Nike shoes for 80 dinars. Mm. They'll just buy regular shoes. So they adapt to what they have. But there is a problem if, if it's the other way around. You, you're a poor man. You're a poor man and, and you want to live a, a, it's a, rich man's, to go, yeah. Yeah, a rich man's life. You know, when I was in university, I asked someone. He was talking to me and giving me advice on, on my clothing. You should wear Levi's jeans. And when you wear Levi's jeans, you tuck your uh, shirts inside. And when you put the, the belt, make sure you show the mark, mm. the brand, Levi's, so people can see that you're wearing Levi's. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm struggling to eat. And this guy is telling me to wear Levi's. But I'm agreeing with him, though. Yeah. So, so uh, 
It depends on where are you in your life. لا 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 لا, لا حبيبي. The reason why I agree with him is that 80%, I would say closer to 90% of who you are is what you wear. Simple as that. First yeah, impressions yes, happen once. Yes, yes, absolutely. And 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 there there's a reason why 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 women buy handbags, especially in fact, I can give you a perfect story. I know a girl who just finished university with her first salary, her first salary, she bought a handbag for 5000 BD. Hmm. Right? And so she had she not only did it take she, she took her first salary, she even asked her HR and said, "Hey, you know what?" I know it's my first time working here. I know it's my first month, but I'm, but can I get my my second month salary in advance? I know this is the only time it's going to happen. Blah 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 blah. She convinced HR. Mm. They gave her both months of salary. First thing she did was they used that entire money to buy a handbag. What are you thinking? What you? I mean, how are you going to make your ends meet? She said, No, I have my boyfriend. I have my family. I can make sure that I have food. Blah 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 blah. I said, But why a handbag? Are you crazy? Take the dish to say, oh, you can buy whatever, yeah. the stuff. She said, listen, she looked me dead in the eyes and she said, well, I have clients, they come in, they see this handbag, they know they're working with someone serious. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the difference. Yes, and, yes. And it blew me away, and yeah, blew yeah, me yeah. away. This is a girl so, who's I'll, 20. I'll tell you something, I'll tell you something. Yes, at one stage, you need to shift to, to this mentality. But you know, at that time I was in university, I was living on my... Uh, scholarship fees, you know, how much I was getting. Every semester I was getting, uh, the first semester I would get from the Ministry of Education 210 dinars. And I had to pace this out. Of course. Okay, and the second semester 170 dinars. I wouldn't go and spend it on uh, Levi's. So... No, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. So, so, but now there is a time where you have to shift your brand, your clothing, the car you drive, so that you can get other things. I have this story for you, and this is real. I'm not making this up. There's a broker, a Bahraini broker. I don't know him personally. I know the people who know him. This guy, he will never work with the small deals. Millions of dinars. Millions. Big plots of lands, uh, buildings, three million, five million, seven million. But the, if you see him, say, no, 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 no. He couldn't be the, the broker for this property because the way he dressed, And he, he, he drove a pickup truck. So if you're an investor and, and you deal with him, you think, no, this is this, this something wrong with this. Yes, but he's already made it. Yeah. So uh, my friends told him, you cannot be like this. You, know, you have a good car. You, you're making so much commission. At least invest in a car. So no, 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 no. So then he resorted, because he's stingy, he, don't, he doesn't want to spend money. Mm. He resorted to another technique. You come and pick me out from my house. My car is in the service or whatever. And, and that's how he, 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 he lived his life. But if he listened to my friends and, and bought a car, a good car, when the investors come, they see him, they, they are convinced he's, he's the true broker. But most of the time, these investors, they will go around him and find someone else to find the same property. And ultimately, they'll go to the same guy. He's the main broker. Sure. Okay. So this is one example. No, no, I, I agree with you, but but <coughs> but where we have to add an asterisk here is that there's it's a different ball game. One is that you're trying to become that broker. Yeah. And for that broker's perspective, he wants anonymity. Yeah. He does not want people to know 
he's making good money. Yeah. That's the difference. When, you're, when you're trying to get good money, yes. you got to make sure you're looking like you got good money. Absolutely. And the moment you have good money, you're like, hey, you know yeah. what? I don't want people to know I have good money. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting circle if you think about it. it, it listen, there's that old adage, right? That that people who wear Hawaiian, sh Hawaiian shirts are two things. Either they're billionaires or they're broke. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. No I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a, a true story. I was, I was in uh, Salzburg in Australia and, and usually uh, during one phase of my life I was taking tourists to Europe. And you know, Germany, Australia, Switzerland, Italy, France, this, this is like my second homes. I know everything about them. So one time I was in Salzburg and I thought, this time let me be the tourist. So I booked myself on a tour to uh, the lakes district. So they, they drive you around and they show you all the lakes and, and Salzburg area. And we had a guide. She was the driver and the guide at the same time. And she said, now look on your right. This is the headquarter of Red Bull. I never drank Red Bull in my life and never knew it was an Australian company. But when she said that, I got intrigued because she said uh, the owner of Red Bull is the richest man in Australia. Mm. So I just put this, uh, this will be my research tonight. So I, I, I cannot remember his name, but we share the same background. He worked in Unilever, I worked in Unilever. And the story goes like this. He was traveling to Thailand. Mm -hmm. And he was so tired, jet-lagged. When he arrived, he asked them, is there anything I can drink that would give me energy? I know the story. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. So they gave him a drink, and he drank it, and he thought, oh, now I've, what's this? So he, he kept the bottle with him. He went to the factory. He met the owner of the factory. He told him, I can sell this in U.S. and Europe. Shall we partner up? And they partner up. And now he's worth 19 billion euros. Hmm. Now, this guy, unlike the broker we talked about, he has what, he, what, what they call Hangar 7. It's a hangar near Salzburg International Airport where he places all the Red Bull, helicopters, jets, cars in that hangar. And he has a meeting room in the ceiling of the hangar. So if he brings an investor to his place and they go up in this hanging meeting room where they can see all of these collections, Investors would definitely say yes, because now they are sold. If he owns all of this, he must be a good business partner. So it works both ways. Donald Trump used to uh, say he bought the jet 747 airplane in order to invite potential deals on. And he said the greatest thing about it, about that jet, is that the plane doesn't land until the deal is signed. Oh, <laughs> that's very interesting. And he would say, because that person who's in that plane with you, they're locked in with you 30,000 feet in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no escape, right? So oh, that absolutely. deal is happening and it's going to happen there. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's more about uh, managing the image. And this is, these are things that are not taught in university. You need to learn them. You need to get coached on them. Uh, there are so many things that are not taught in university. One of the things that I liked and I enjoyed during university is reading reading magazines, business magazines and fitness magazines. I, I love men's health magazine because it did not only talk about workout and nutrition, it talked about lifestyle and career as well. Okay. So they, they, would, they would tell you where, where to sit in a meeting. 
Okay. What is the best place? Where is the, the best chair to sit so that you, you are in a good position NLP, yeah. in relation to the boss? So these are things that we don't have in university. And that's why the young, they need to go beyond university. Well, I've, I've spoken to a few people from universities and they said it's a shame that they don't, they don't institute from, instead of a three year, for example, for an undergrad or four years in the yeah. US, that they do either a five or four year. And then the last year is actually work placement, mm -hmm. where if you want your degree, you actually have to show that you worked at a company and get your manager, whoever, to sign a document saying, yes, they had worked there or Absolutely. whatever. And I've that is how to secure and not, not, not only that, you know... Employability. If, if you're from Saudi and you know KFUPM, the King Fahad Petroleum University, yeah. and minerals, I don't know what is minerals, KFUPM, anyway. So their training program is six months. That's a good period. So, so, so a, a person can be exposed to real life practices. And then this is one part. The other part, companies who host these trainees... They need to give them proper jobs. Sure. Shouldn't be copying papers or doing the files. Okay, give them that, but give them something else. Let them learn. Let them see the, the real uh, work environment and how things work because we all have responsibilities. It's amazing, however, though, especially from, from me looking at how, how corporate world works, how few people actually do, in my opinion, work. Hmm. How many people are, you know, just placements. Right? There's, there's so many staff, and I, I, I used to always call the adage of just fire as many as you can, get rid of it, cut the fat, get it out. And, 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 and there's so many people who just coaster by at work. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right? And who are just like there to tick off the clock. Absolutely. So, oh, that, so that's a culture problem, by the way. So I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. This is what we need to have more in the GCC <coughs> in companies. A culture of meritocracy. Mm -hmm. You perform, you stay. You don't perform, you go. In Unilever, we had what they, they had the bill curve. Sure. In Unilever, everyone's expected to be a high performer. And 80% will be high performers. And then 10% will be the, the super high performers. And then you have the 10% are the low performers. The low performers would usually get a grace period. You have six months, and they had a statement, very nice statement, shape up or ship out. Shape up or ship out. I love it. Okay? So we need that kind of culture. Otherwise, uh, the, the coasters you talked about are many. And, and, and sometimes it's not the problem of people. It's the problem of leadership. Uh, from, this is now an interesting discussion about you, Mohammed. How many people do you have in your events that you go on? And, and you feel that they're just there in order to tick a box because the company told them to be there. Be honest. <coughs> it, it varies. It varies. Sometimes because it's a very specific program. Sure. And the employees, they know they have to be there. Sure. Sometimes, no, it's, it's a conference. It's a general uh, topic th that they are attending. From okay. a crowd of 100 people, what are we looking at? <coughs> it's very hard to guess. But... Maybe 50%. Wow, that high you think? Maybe 50%. Because uh, I, we were talking about my friend Steve, who sold his uh, company to Monsters. Sure. And we were in a conference uh, 
over here next to next to us in the Regency Hotel, and we were sitting in the back deliberately. We were in a, in a leadership conference. We were both speakers. And we were sitting in the back deliberately to monitor the behavior of the delegates. Whether they were paying attention. On their phones. No. So uh, before Speak got up to the stage, I told him, Steve, you have a serious challenge. All these gentlemen and, and ladies next to us are looking at their phones. They are looking at Twitter, Facebook. And the other group is solving the crossword sure. in, in the Gulf Daily News. Sure. Do something about it. Otherwise, there's no one listening to you. So Steve is very smart, very savvy. He started his speech by saying, I hope by this time you have checked your emails, you have checked your Twitter, you have checked your Facebook, and you have finished the word puzzle in the paper. If, if so, I can start my speech. So sometimes this is the case. Hmm. The speaker. You need to wake up. Wake they up. need to wake up. The, likewise, the leaders and organizations. Um, they, but, need, they need to care about the engagement level of the staff. By the way, I would do it very, <laughs> I would do it very differently. If yeah. I was in his position and, and this, this happened to me, I would normally be like, oh, hello, blah, blah, blah. My name is Hamid Amirishi, blah, 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 blah. And then when I see nobody's looking around their phone or kind of like daisy, like a little bit daisy, I would take the microphone, I'd go down to the stage, and then I'd pick a random person, and I'd say, what's your name, by the way? And then when they look at <laughs> their phone, they realize everyone is now them. Then everyone suddenly puts their phone very quickly that, down. That's, a, that's, that's another strategy. <laughs> but a, a, another strategy being a speaker is just get up on the stage and say nothing. When they, when they feel the silence, and the silence is very heavy, they will just look up, okay? But that's another topic. Going back to what you said about these employees who, who are not engaged, this is, this is a science and an art on how to engage your employees. Sometimes it's a leadership problem. You have good employees, mm -hmm. but the leader's not good. Akash, are you on your phone? Yeah. So, so, what, happens, <laughs> so what happens now? And, 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 and there are so many things you can do to engage your staff. One classic example that I use, even in conferences, I always, I always had very good relationship with my staff. So sometimes I'd surprise them with something. So one time I created a word search puzzle having the names of all my team members and I sent it to them by email. So whoever finishes this first will get a prize. And they got crazy. Sure. The IT, the finance, they are cheating on each other. Ultimately, the secretary won the competition. She said, I have all the names. Surprise, I said, surprise. I said, come, come, invite all the other uh, team members so that we give you the prize in front of everyone. So I told them, okay, Hanan has uh, won the competition and now let's give her the prize. What was the prize? Snickers. That's mm. it. 150 fells. Mm. That was my cost. To have fun with my employees, to engage them and, and change the environment from being very stressful to an environment that is fun and, and they appreciate that the, their, their boss sure. is there for them. Sure. I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with what you're, where you're coming from, but I, I keep thinking back again to, to what you have initial problems when it comes to corporate life, right? You're stuck with one half of the staff or maybe more who don't want to be there, who are just coasting. 
And then you have the other problem where people have decision paralysis, not because of so many options, which is part of it, but they're so worried of making a decision without the boss signing it off, right? And then you, you end up in this kind of weird dichotomy. I have to tell sometimes my staff, and, and sometimes it's wrong, don't come to me with problems, come with me with problems and two solutions. Yeah. Right? I want you to actively yeah, yeah. think about it, right? And a lot of them, and I've, these are the people who I very quickly get rid of who, who, who will say, you know, oh, you know, I didn't, couldn't think of a solution or something like this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You couldn't look up Google. You couldn't think of a single solution, yeah. two of them. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. if you could only show me one, this, this was too much for you. This is another thing that I share during my training courses that the, the, there are few types of employees. Employees who will wait for the boss to tell them what to do. Oh boy. Okay. Employees who will go and tell the boss, we think we should be doing this. Employees who will think what to be done, what needs to be done, go and do it, okay? And then brief the boss. Sometimes even employees, they go beyond all of this. If there are frictions between departments, they go and resolve the friction. Boss, we always have this problem with investment department, for example, on this issue. I sat with them, we agreed on procedure. Hopefully we will not have this conflict in the future. That's what we need. We need people who take initiative. We need people who are proactive and not just sitting there waiting for the seller. Well, Dan, <coughs> you know it now as, as now also owning your own company. How, how often do you work with people who actually take initiative? Very Yeah. That's the problem. And it still shows at every stage. At every stage, you see that same thing. I'll tell you, we had employees. Even managers in my company, my previous company, who we were sure, we were sure, we were certain 100%. If they are given their salary, if they stay in their homes, our work will be much, much more smoother. Oh, because they create drama. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you have so many, so many different. But again, it goes back to leadership. I agree. Leaders, <laughs> leaders should be decisive. They, they say, hire slow, fire fast. Sure. Okay, and, and if they are not performing, you have all kind of things you can do. Well, I, I always was taught doing this mythology, and you can correct me if you think this is wrong. I normally have a checklist in my head. If I hire someone, right, my, 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 my deal is always I'm going to try to make sure that they can fulfill that task because I hired them for that task and they seemed like the best candidate at the time. So I have a checklist and, and if they're late at work or something like that, I go, okay, you know, do you have family problems? Do you have this issue? Is your, is your mom sick? Is what's going on? And I try to get to the root cause of yeah. it, right? And I have like a list in my head, which is about four or five things, you know? And if every one of those things you're ticking off and it's not because of this and it's not because of that, and you're just getting late because you're lazy or this and this, right? Then you're fired because, yeah, yeah. You're, 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 because I, at that point in my head, you've made yourself redundant. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. If you don't have issues, if you don't have... Uh, I was very lucky to create my own team during my time as a chief financial officer. I built it from scratch. Sure. So I had very good employees. Today, in fact, I had lunch with one of them. He was my right-hand right hand man. He's an Indian. He's very qualified. He's a chartered accountant, he's chartered financial analyst, he's a financial manager. 
He's very pleasant. He's uh, excellent when it comes to Excel financial modeling. He's a perfect employee. So I remember he received a call from a headhunter from London for a CFO post in Riyadh. Mm. He came to me openly and said, uh, this gentleman approached me. What do you think I should do? I said, explore the opportunity. Explore it. Although, if you think about it, as a manager, what should I have said? No, 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 no. Why would you go to Riyadh? Interesting. Yeah? Interesting. Uh, why do you want to take bigger response? Aren't you happy with me? Interesting. So I'll just try to sell him the other side of the story. So I told him, explore the, the opportunity. He explored it further. He was happy. And then he told me now they need someone uh, as a reference. I said, put my name. Put my name as a reference. Say, are you sure? Say, yeah, put my name. So the headhunter was perplexed. Is there anything I, I should know? Because this is the first time in my life hmm. the boss has been the reference. I said, he's a good employee. If he's getting a better opportunity, why should I block it? Okay. He went there. He became a CFO for an investment company. He came back to Bahrain recently. So we as leaders, we need to show our team we care. I will take it a step further. I know uh, one of the higher position guys in, in it was Deutsche Bahn. Okay. The train station is nationally run in Germany. And we're talking about employment, we're talking about staff and you know managing and all this kind of stuff. And he said, listen, if I have an employee that deserves a raise, position-wise, but there's no active position available, I will actively chase him out the company. And I said, what are you talking about? You're, you're, you've spent all this time training staff and all this kind of stuff. So it doesn't matter. I will look in the market and I will try and find him a job at a higher position with a different company. And I said, what? He said, listen, when that person leaves and they go join that company at a better position and a better pay, they will be thankful to who? To you, to yeah. Deutsche Bahn. So you, I'm creating that connection with suppliers, with potential customers, yeah. with different networks. Absolutely. You're planting seeds everywhere. Exactly. And, he, yeah. and then finally he followed it up and he said, we have a budget for training for a purpose. So we might as well use it. Yeah. And I was blown away. That attitude yeah, yeah. really shocked me. Not only this, this is an example I always use. I had a friend of mine. Their CEO was American. His name is James Krakow. Uh, every holy month of Ramadan, James would go to Batil, buy dates, and go in the evening in the bank and put the dates on the desk of all the employees, not only the dates. He would write a handwritten note. Sure. Ramadan Karim, James, Krakow. This kind of act, how, how, will it, how would it be received by the employees? Sure. It will be received in a positive way. James Care, James uh, Sokai, James, they know he came at night. We, we, I That's why they become loyal to him. They'll I, do anything. I tried that mythology, and when I was supp supplying, I was always bringing like cookies and stuff like that to the customers a drop-off, right? And the base staff loved us, but it didn't change the end of the day, you know, bakshish is bakshish. And so it didn't change management position. So these kind of techniques that you're mentioning of is great. It's great for networking. It's great to building a good reputation. It's great to build a good face, but it doesn't close the deal, sadly. <laughs> yeah. In the larger picture of things. Yes. Yes. 
again, we're talking about leadership. So yeah. leadership is how you manage the situation. I had, I had employees who worked with me for so long. They didn't want to change. They just wanted to stay with me. Okay. Because, because, because of the way I treated them. Okay, so that's, that's, that's the first, the cornerstone for having a very highly engaged employees. Because you talked about engagement. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You're referring back to that. Okay. Because <clears throat> in the U.S. and globally, the level of engaged employees are, is only 16%. Sure. So let's, let's help the viewers do the math. Uh, viewers, look at your payroll, annual payroll. Okay. Mm -hmm. And multiply your annual payroll by 0.84. And that's the payroll money you are wasting every year. Okay. Okay? Okay. That's the money they are wasting every year. Because there is only 16% of their employees who are highly engaged, who are doing the work. It's that 80-20 rule, right? That 20% uh, that yeah. of the people do 80% yeah. of the work. Yeah. Right? So this is a very interesting dynamic. If, and, and, and if the cost is very high, you as a manager or a leader, what are you doing about it? You need to see what's, what's, what's wrong. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. It, it's, it, when we're talking about the West is very different than the, than the Middle East. Profitability is important, but it's not as important as, as employability here, especially. Mm. Yeah, you're smiling right mm. now because you know it. Yeah, of course <laughs> I know it. Because I'll tell you something. When a crisis hit, what happens? You cut the training budget. Mm. You cut the IT budget. You cut promotions. You cut pay increments. You cut everything relating to human beings. And who brings you the business? Those exact people. Those exact people. So unfortunately, this is, this is the pattern that you see every crisis. Every crisis. Well, infamously, uh, Steve, it's not Steve Jobs, Bill Gates used to say for his war chest, he kept three months of, 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 of money in a savings mm -hmm. account that would, sorry, three, three years, he kept enough money in his saving accounts in order to keep Microsoft running for three years if they didn't get another sale in, at, at all. And they would still do exactly yes. the same. Yes. And that was his war chest. Yes. And a lot of companies these days. They don't have anything. They don't do it. Yeah, they don't have anything. They don't have anything because I'll tell you something. We had investment banks, they had crazy departments. They had a department that is called events department. Their job is to create events sure. for the employees, for the investors of the bank. When the financial crisis hit, that was scrapped. Why? Because it didn't make sense from the beginning. Mm. But you had to be slapped on the face. To get rid of it. To get rid of it. Well, what your perspective <laughs> from... <coughs> Your your CEO, CFO days. Uh, uh, what what are what are the greatest cost centers? Uh, for us, it was mainly staff cost, sure. general admin, and, sure. and our rent was very high. Our rent was very high because we we were in a prime location. Did we need it? No. But again, going back to what we talked about, image. Sure. Where's your office? X Y Z building. Oh. Do you think that matters that much? I don't think it matters. I don't think it because matters anymore, ma I think. What matters is the relationship you cultivate and nurture. Sure. Whether I'm, I'm in, uh, 
in uh, in a prime location or in a rundown location, the relationship is what counts. Well, you say that, but I, I, I'll counter my. I mean, I'll counter down my own argument because I know customers from my end who who will not go and purchase from certain area codes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's domestic in yeah, Bahrain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think yeah. it matters so much internationally. You yeah. know. And and if you if you are receiving, for example, uh, high profile visitors, sure, you can always play around. You can always rent you a know, space. You can rent a space, rent a private villa, whatever. So many things. <coughs> so there are always solutions for for the challenges you face. Well, what do you, what what's so special here in Bahrain from the investment portfolio area? Because the investment banks here in Bahrain are very interesting since they're separated from consumer banks. Yeah, yeah. Right? Which yeah. which doesn't always happen in the West. Yes, yes. Right? I mean, you you have Deutsche Bank obviously, you have HSBC who have their own investment departments, you have uh, Goldman Sachs, all these companies. But here in Bahrain, for whatever reason, they said Yes, this is the, this is the strategy from the central bank mm. to separate the different providers based on their license. So you have commercial banks, sure. You have the Islamic banks, you have ancillary services, and then you have investment banking. Even the investment banking, they, they, there are so many clusters. Why, what, what, from your opinion, why would you do that? It's easier to control. Sure. And uh, the other thing is, uh, you don't want them to take risk that they cannot tolerate. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So uh, if, if your license is allowing you to do this, you shouldn't be thinking of doing X, Y, doing Z. X, y, Z. Okay. So that, that's more of a governance perspective. But do you think central bank would, would, would be a smarter solution to have more of an open market where you let the market decide what, that, what, that, what works, that, what doesn't, you know? That, that would be very risky because, you know, you're talking about investments by, uh, investment by investors, investment by regular people sure. in, in the stock exchange. That's why you have all these different regulatory uh, systems. Even even for fintech startup, now everyone is talking about fintech. Vapeware. That is yeah. total vapeware. So fintech now you have you have what they call the sandbox. They sure. they make you operate in a safe environment. They they check what you do, and then they let you out. Otherwise, it doesn't work. So it's, it's more of protecting the invest investment community, and protecting the brand of Bahrain as a safe location sure. with very advanced regulations because uh, just recently they announced that Bahrain has the highest or the most advanced regulatory system for crypto. Okay? So Abdel Muslim, I think, is in charge, it, uh, is doing something with it uh, from mm. how family house or family office, family office company. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Abdel Mahzen? Hey. No, that's a different uh, kind of licenses. I okay. know. I know the, 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 the family office very well. That's they, a different license. They do something with crypto now. He wanted to do some sort of like crypto exchange. I'm, I'm not like sure if he, if he did, but uh, we're having him on the show soon. <laughs> But uh, the, the, the idea is to have regulations so that no one, not anyone can enter the market. Mm -hmm. So you protect the market, only people who fit the regulations, they enter. And when they enter, they are capable of uh, now, sustaining. I, now, let's be honest. We can get this part out if you're not comfortable saying it. But don't you believe that, that, that market regulations of putting barriers of entry just only harms the domestic market because it stops them being as competitive as they should be? No, you will have to have regulations. You will have to have regulations. regulations because I, I, I'm very big into Milton Freeman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you will have to have regulations. 
And and investors will go wherever they feel comfortable. Sure. Okay. Some investors they would like to uh, go for regulation, regulate highly regulated uh, jurisdictions. Some people like it to be decentralized. It's not controlled by anyone. So it depends on the risk appetite and what do you want to do. And now, if if you're if you're a startup working on crypto and you feel that the regulation over here is is very hard, you may go somewhere else, or you may be uh, doing decentralized uh, startup. Sure. And that's the that that's the future trend. Because think about it now, since we are talking about this topic, fintech. Now, who's the competitor of banks? Not not the banks themselves. It's telecom companies. You have STC, they have their own app. Uh, Betelco now, they have their own app, Beyond Money. Okay, so they are not competing with, uh, with only banks. Uh, Apple, you have Apple Pay. Yeah, but I mean... Alibaba. Th- sure, but Apple Pay is, is, is in conjunction with uh, Goldman Sachs. Yeah, but, but ultimately, I'm, yeah, I think regardless is. of the uh, partner of Apple, now if you don't advance as a bank, as a service provider, you are doomed, finished. You are doomed. The days that you had to go to a branch to transfer money or to get money or to do something with your own money are, are gone, finished. Now, with, with a few clicks, you can do whatever you want. So you're a big believer in crypto then? I am part of a crypto project, so I have to defend them. All right, let's yeah. hear it. <coughs> so I, I'm part of a, a crypto crypto project called Marhaba DeFi. It's, uh, Dan, I'll need a cigarette from this. Uh, Luke, can you give me a cigarette and an ashtray? Marhaba DeFi. Marhaba okay. DeFi is a Sharia-based uh, crypto project. We have our own currency. We have our own wallet. And I was there in this project for a year. And now I'm an investor in that company. Thank you, sir. Did I invest my money? No. They gave me Thank tokens. You. Okay, they gave me tokens. Now I'm part of another... Uh, Which is just vape. <coughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm playing the waiting game. If the tokens become appreciated, uh, valued, <coughs> that's good for me. If not... So you wasted your time then? I wasted one year of my life. <coughs> Let's cut a little bit. Yeah, you want uh, tissue? I'll have water. Water. Yeah, give it all to me, give it all. Thank you. No, no. Thank you, sir. Thank you, bro. I don't know when will I give this cup over. Shake my tabib, inshallah, you okay? Well, I'm not saying it's a bit. I don't know, he's got my throat. Check it out. What do you want to throat and lung infection or shake? I had that. I had pneumonia because I was too stupid to go see a doctor. I, I'll go very soon. Enjoying the show so far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very casual. Very casual. Very casual. Yeah? Yeah. It should be this way. I, well, you know what? This is the structure of our show. We were thinking of doing a second show and uh, inviting, um, inviting potentially like a like an old school investor on a broker that helps and then to have different perspective no no just having him as a as a as a host for a show mm. oh okay so so then i can take more of a step back 
mm-hmm. and we could do a second show that's more surrounded around finance and investing, which I think there isn't much content like that. Yeah, you know, like like uh, startup investors, what money, what where, what are safe things to put your money into? Yeah, you know, for Allah. well, Abdul Mahsan will be very happy to do. I'll speak to him about it, but I don't think he has the time necessarily for it. Allah, he built something very nice. With family office, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he built something very nice. He worked at uh, oh. Goldman Sachs at one point in his yeah, life. Yeah, he came from London. Hey. His son is working with him as well in the same company. Well, nepotism. Hmm. And he, uh, he's preparing him to take over, maybe. It makes sense. I mean, I, I, of course it makes sense, yeah. I just don't, I don't know. I mean, he was talking to me and said he wants to open up the first crypto exchange here in, in Bahrain hmm. on a big scale. And um, and would be the first one really in the region, following China, I think, was the first original mm-hmm. one. Maybe. I don't know. I, he, I, I don't know if crypto is, is a real thing yet. So yeah. I'd love to hear where, where you stand on this. Yeah. So going back to Marhaba DeFi. Marhaba DeFi is a Sharia compliant crypto. We have our own token mm-hmm. called Marhaba. And we have our own wallet. Uh, the guys are thinking of uh, pursuing NFTs as well. And that's, that's the part. As I said, I did not invest my own money. Sure. I was a co-founder, advisor to the, uh, to the company for one year. And they gave me a, a number of tokens. And that was it. The second project that I'm working with, now we're uh, raising funds, we're looking for investors. It's called Mirathi. Okay. Mirathi is basically a solution to the problem when you lose your keys. Okay. Or if someone passes away, there is a mechanism that the keys will be passed to the heirs. Okay, okay, like okay. passwords and whatnot. Yeah, so... Okay. so uh, Again, we're making this Sharia and conventional at the same time. So if it's Sharia, you go by the, by the, the rules of Sharia and you distribute the, the tokens, the crypto, whatever balance you have. Is it uh, whether it is uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum or other coins. And, and, and that's, that's a big thing because there are billions of dollars that have been lost because of that. Yeah, sure, but I mean, I, I still, I still see where where the because Bitcoin is is in itself a larger part is a small piece of a larger part of an animal of the meta universe of uh, the the cyberspace of the internet. What everyone's talking about, this yes. new apaha. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, and by the way, Mark Coban just announced that buying lands and the metaverse is stupid. Some other people will tell you no. I don't know. I, I we, don't. We, time will tell. I don't know. Time will tell. Because, you know, in Kuwait, someone built a mall. Sure. And started renting the mall for brands in Kuwait. I don't know. I, I really, I really don't know. I, Tim Dillon used to say, um, which was one of my favorite lines, he said, I don't have enough money to buy real land, so I'll start off by buying land in the metaverse <laughs> and work myself up. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that's, a good, uh, that's a good perspective because no one knows what will happen. As I told you, for Marhaba DeFi, if the token appreciate by time, I have a strategy. If they reach $1, I'll sell 25%. If 
they reach two dollars, twenty-five percent, three dollars, twenty-five percent. The uh, the remaining twenty-five percent, God knows. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've had people on here on the show who bought crypto, you know, Bitcoin at at four hundred dollars, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And now they could retire if they wanted to. I know. I know people who bought it at much less than that. It, I mean, it, it, whether you buy it at forty or four hundred, if the if the return of investment is twenty k, it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. It, you're yeah, not so, you're not sitting here and complaining about so, losing. So, so I I know someone who knows someone. He's a Bahraini. He's already retired. He's he's living in Hawaii. Finished. Finished. Okay, because of bitcoins. True, but again, you, but again, who who decides the value? How it works? Well, I, 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 Bitcoin, you know, you have obviously constraints because there's there's no money, there's no inherent uh, uh, um, quantitative easing, right? Yeah. So, so you're you're stuck with one aspect. The other aspect is the value of the Bitcoin can is 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 denominated by how many people are interested in X coin, yeah. right? And so, in a world where where you have a total population of about whatever it is, like eight billion, nine yeah. billion people yeah. now, if everyone X has that coin, then the necessary value of that increase doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I, these these are these are some of my issues with it. I I I I, <coughs> I don't understand someone who'd said who would say to me, oh, you know what. I wouldn't buy Bitcoin because of XX. I would buy Bitcoin over buying yen, over buying pounds. I, I, I no, no, I, I wouldn't do that. I can't understand I, the no, big difference no. between the two, to be honest. No, I mean, you know, when you when you buy currencies, they call it fiat. fiat. Sure. So the, these are currencies backed by something. Sure. By by gold, by silver, by copper, by whatever. But when you are buying Bitcoin, you are subject to demand and supply. That's it. The demand could be high, the demand could be low, and you cannot do anything. It's just like buying shares, shares, and the stock market. What what can you do to increase the price? Pray. That's what you can do. But when you have a real estate, you can paint it, you can do something, uh, you can do landscaping. You increase the value. I've had this argument, by the way, and you, you input me if you think I'm wrong on this. And it was about buying at the time uh, lira. Mm-hmm. And the currency was dropping. Yeah, and the, their argument to me was, "I'm going to buy lira right now because it's going to recover." Mm-hmm. And I said, "That's fantastic." However, think about this: what is your expectation of that return of where that lira is going to go versus taking that X amount of dollar and investing it into any NF, not NFT, sorry, in any DAX mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. any any uh, um, uh, um, fund, mutual fund, mutual fund, yeah. uh, uh, down J. S&P 500, yeah. uh, anything like that. I said, if you think about it, just just from, from your mental ability alone, that increase that you're hoping for has to be a larger denominator than the 10x, yes. which is the average return. So that's impossible <laughs> because your purchasing power with a dollar yeah, yeah. is, is always going to be- would, I would go with the other, with the other option, not, not the lira, definitely. Yeah, because there are things that make sense and there are things that uh, didn't you're gambling. Work. Yeah, you're gambling basically, and uh, and as, as I said earlier, you know there are things you can control and there are things you cannot control. Real estate you can control. You can paint the house. You can paint the building. You can uh, I don't know do some landscaping. Put a palm tree in, in the front of the house and you increase the value. I hate. By the way, I hate real estate. Mm. And and correct me if you think I'm wrong on this because we can we can debate this. 
My problem with, with real estate on average return is, is 4.5%. Yeah. Roughly, right? Take into consideration inflation, which is about 2%. So you, your actual value gain is about 2.5. Now take into consideration your maintenance cost of that property. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It, the only time it makes really sense is if you're buying property that the market, for whatever re reason, the seller has, has lowered below the price yeah. of that property and the market rate because he desperately needs cash. That's the only time. Yes, re real estate it, it, is tricky. Makes sense. Yeah, real estate is tricky, but if you think about it, it's, it's the most safe investment you can you can have. One of no. the most. Yeah, one of the most safe Triple investments. Triple A bonds. Uh, you know. I would believe a nation before I believe yeah, but, <laughs> but But even nations can fail. Sure. Yeah, but you know, if, if, you're, a, if, you're, a, if you're a layman, average man, real estate is something you can touch, you can feel. Okay, I'm, I'm more of a traditionalist when it comes to real estate. Because we have this saying in, in the Gulf, real estate can get sick but never die. And, and the, the inflation you talked about will be already factored in if you dispose the asset. So you are covered. Sure. So <coughs> having cash in a deposit account is not as smart as having real, uh, this same cash in real estate. Sure. Because the real estate grows with the inflation. Okay. Your deposit, they will never grow. You will never get anything. Even though there is a headache of maintenance. or, uh, But at least you have some cash flows coming in. Now, you're assuming that you're renting the property at the same time. Yes. Okay. Yes. But um, don't you think that rent income, if you take away your expenses on what your loan is, mm -hmm. right? Minus that by loan, minus that by maintenance. You're not left with a lot of cash flow. It depends on the structure. Stay on the unit. Oh, yeah, it depends on the structure. Is it financed? How much financed? 80%, 20%, 50-50? It depends. But by the way, if, if you're coming to me and saying, hey, you know what? I'm buying property in order to leverage it. Mm -hmm. Now, this is again a diff very different yeah, animal, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. If you're saying to me, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to build a pyramid and I'm going to go crazy and I'm yeah. going to buy X property here, leverage that property to the, make that money to then buy property B, to then buy property C. Uh, that, that, that would be crazy. That, that would be crazy. <laughs> I know that people. Would be crazy. <coughs> that, Who's listen, done that? Sorry. That, that would be crazy. But <coughs> in anything you do in life, you need to be reasonable. Mm. Just. Be reasonable in anything you do. I totally agree yeah, with you. Yeah, so, so just relax, chill. Don't do something stupid. Uh, uh, be a reasonable investor. And that's it. Don't go crazy. I, I, I know people who've also leveraged stock, which to me is like... <laughs> yeah, and, 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 <laughs> To then buy X stock or something and, else. And the thing is, the thing is, banks allow that. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the tragedy happens when these stocks are gone, finished. This is the tragedy. By the way, I, 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 there was a famous case where a guy leveraged options. Mm. He's, he fucking leveraged options. He managed to get a leverage of 25 times X of his option. <laughs> and suddenly he, 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 was, he was indebted by almost $800,000. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, this is, this is, this is a tragedy. And, and I'm sure the bank is not stupid. They have made him sign um, so many documents and they will do whatever to pursue him. Oh boy. Yeah, so, so we need as individuals, we need to think of the good times and the bad times. Hey Lou, can you type in YouTube? Um, uh, <coughs> I think it was Robin Hood and then 
leverage on YouTube. I think it, 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 that's the, the, you'll see the guy's face reaction. He recorded <laughs> his reaction when he learned that he. <laughs> I see. Um, it's called Robin Hood, and then um, uh, maybe failure or lost money, something like that. Or maybe it was leverage. It was one of the keywords. The first one. That, that guy's loses. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the one. That's the one. It was 50K, not 80K. So, an 800K. Can you play it with audio, by the way? Look at his face. Wait, wait, wait. I think he's going to see it soon. Guy loses a 50K swing during earnings on Robinhood. <laughs> The, we'll add the video for audio listeners. We'll add the video in the description. Oh my god! <laughs> Today's returns minus forty seven k. Too bad. Halas. Too bad. Yeah. That's it. Too bad. Yeah. Be reasonable. So this is the thing. This is the thing. People are always looking for quick money. Oh. They 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 they, that they they don't think of what could go wrong. They don't think of what could go wrong, and that's very very risky. It's not it, 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 losing your money isn't so bad as being indebted. Yeah. <laughs> so you you're going backwards. You're going yeah. backwards. So that that that's something that uh, I don't wish people to pursue, because. There are many people from the GCC who were billionaires and millionaires who are now out in the rain. Yeah. Okay. Because of this, uh, being very aggressive, being not being very thoughtful of their investment process, and and now they are paying the price. Not only them, their families. Absolutely. Even 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 countries where they live in. Mm. Yeah, because now they, they, they may go and ask for uh, sustenance from the government and and basically you you run your whole life, you and your family. Well this is this is my opinion. You can correct me. I still believe and as 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 um, famously Warren Buffett always said that the best investment you can make are just in index funds because it's the safest Right, and if the S and P five hundred or the Dow J crashes, you you don't have to worry so much about your money <laughs> because yeah. everyone is in a shithole. Yeah, I, I think this is a smart strategy, especially if you're someone busy and sure. you don't want to follow this up and down because you know there are people managing this. If you're not an expert, why why put your money in something that you don't understand? Well, I think it's more than that. I think, you know, 90%, what is it, like 80 or 70% of, of traders don't beat alpha? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if you're not even beating yeah. an index fund of the down J of, of 10 or 11% of whatever the down J is, is, is currently, then why are you even like doing the stupid yeah. stuff? Yeah. So Get just, out of it. 
Just, uh, again, this is something we lack, investment education. How do you invest? When to get in, when to get out? So we have so many things in our educational systems that need to be improved. I'm happy now to see that uh, so many programs in Bahrain by the stock exchange, where they train people, sure, students, sure. Uh, whether it be it in high school, in university, just to educate people. And this is something I've been preaching for a long time. The first book I wrote was about investor relations. Mm. How, how do you build relationship between you and your investors? And how do you communicate with them? How do you build value for them? So this is very important, investor education. Given 100... <coughs> Give it 100K, where are you investing it? Now? In my life, because I, have, I already have a portfolio of other things. Sure. I would... I would uh, Give two advices. Give one for somebody who just, who just come out of university, saved up some money, doesn't know what to do with it, and give your own. Then. Uh, I will, I will uh, go for 33% into a mutual fund. Okay. 33 into gold. Okay. And 33% into bonds. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Why gold? Gold because gold is gold. You don't think that silver, titanium, or... Put, uh, you can, you can, any, any, any... Metals. Uh, any metals. Okay. That, 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 uh, that uh, just like gold and silver. Yeah. Because the, the reason why a lot of people buy gold in the West, not paper gold, real gold. Yeah, real gold. Um, is because it's not taxed. Mm, that's something else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Silver, on the other hand, Although cheaper is taxed. Yeah, because it's more accessible. That's why. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the same is like, uh, there's also uh, not titanium, something, um, platinum or something, some yeah. weird metal. Huh? Platinum is also platinum. very popular. Yeah. 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 So, so these are things at least you can, because you know, when, uh, when you talk about bonds issued by governments, the governments, they will do everything they can to make sure that the bonds valuation is correct. Mm. Because it affects the, 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 whole, the, whole economy. The, whole, the whole country, the whole economy. That's, that's my always investment advice. You always yeah. want to do things that if it would hurt, it yeah. hurts everyone. It would hurt <laughs> a large group of people. Exactly. Whenever you're the only one crying, no one will care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to solve the problem. So, so, uh, so bailouts and other things will not come into picture. Exactly. So, maybe, maybe we can summarize this is follow the crowd. Not the crypto crowd. Mm -hmm. yeah, unless you have so much money you don't need. Okay? Follow the crowd, uh, the mutual funds, the, the gold, the bonds, the, the REITs, uh, the real estate investment and trust, where they pay you uh, rental. They own so many properties, even if one is vacated, the others the other, the other are leased, leased out. So on average, you're making a good return. You know that BlackRock right now is big into purchasing property? And you know why they're doing it? Why? Because the main thing that dictates the value of, of a salary is actually connected to rent prices. Okay. So they're buying up these properties in order to secure a lower rent rate for their clients who own businesses in order not to have to increase the salary. Oh, wow. Isn't that ingenious? Wow. wow. Isn't wow. that ingenious? Wow. wow. That, that's a good advisor. Right? That, yeah. is, that is so smart. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why housing properties have been shooting up in, in the West is yes. because of big financial houses like BlackRock and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Buying it's, up for clients. You see more demand on the, on the properties and definitely the price would go up. 
Well, yeah. that, that's it, it. It gives it gives an added ratio of why a company would want to work with BlackRock and hire their services. Of course, <laughs> BlackRock could come to you and be like, you know, fifty percent of your employees live at our properties that we own. Yeah, and we can guarantee to hold that price rate for the yeah. rent for X amount of, of of years. Yeah, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. Yeah, and, and they don't have to increase salary. And that's what we need people to think about: win-win situation all the time mm. um, for companies, mm. for individuals. Win-win. The moment you are greedy, it doesn't work. Maybe it works for a short term, but in the long term, people don't forget. People don't forget. So if you're a company and, and, and you fire people, there, are, there is two ways of doing it. You fire them in a very bad way, or you fire them in a very decent way. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you one example from Unilever. Sure. Unilever, they, they have conducted a research. And the research concluded that there will be a boom in ice cream demand. Makes sense, right? We're in the Gulf. Why it's not? very hot. So they built a factory to manufacture walls, ice cream, in Denmark. And the factory was running losses every year, every year, every year. Until a new chairman came and he said, cut the blood. Sell the factory. Get out of it. Get rid of everything related to the factory. So this is how they went about treating their employees at that time. Employees who can be transferred to other units were transferred within the Gulf. Employees who can be transferred internationally were transferred. Employees who didn't have a chance, they were fired. But fired with a good package. Terminated, yeah. And they trained them all on writing a CV, writing a covering letter. They contracted with recruiting agencies to give priorities to recruiting their employees. Uh, more than that, if you were an employee who had a health issue or one of your family had a health issue, they guaranteed that they will pay the... Uh, medical services. Medical services. If you had a permanent iqama problem, and you had your kids in school, and you wanted to continue until they finish the school terms, okay, we will not cancel your account. So if I am a surviving employee of Unilever, of that factory, and I, and I have seen all of this, would I feel comfortable continue working for this company? Of course. But if you just let everyone out, treated them inhumanely, you have destroyed the reputation, you have destroyed the goodwill with the employees. So everything can be done in two ways, crazy way or a proper way. Interesting that you say that. I think it depends on management where the position of the company is. You know, like I infinitely remember a story of Ford, the way that they would terminate employees wasn't by offering packages. They just make the life so miserable that mm -hmm. they would quit. And so it yeah, would be, that, that's another approach. That, exactly, right? Yeah. I, in, in fact, I know a guy. Squeeze them out. Squeeze them out. <laughs> I know a guy who told me that he was working at a company that, you know, the signs were on the wall. He was going bankrupt. Mm -hmm. So he actively tried to get fired because mm -hmm. at least he'd get a package. Then. Yeah. And so he said, at, 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 and the company just didn't want to let him go because they didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't want to give them a package. So he would show up to work drunk. 
Um, he would be belligerent. He'd, he, he'll do everything he could. He would do everything he could, except for breaking the law, because obviously then yeah. they wouldn't have to yeah. give him a, 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 a... He said it got so bad that one time in the meeting room for the, for, for the conference room, he got so drunk in the middle of the day that he just slept on that meeting room at the top. Yeah. And he thought, now, finally, they yeah. have to fire me. Yeah. Still, they did. Eventually, he just quit because he couldn't yeah. take it. <laughs> they survived. He did it. I think there are so many good movies on this, management styles. I remember this movie. I don't, I don't know if you've seen this. Office Space. Have you seen it? No. You should see Office Space. This was released in 1999. Mary? Office Space. The movie, I was, I was looking for this DVD all over the Gulf. I couldn't find it. You want me to get it for you? I found it in Albuquerque in New Mexico in the U.S. I bought it. I watched it on my laptop that night. I was working in Jeddah that time. I watched it with a friend on Monday. On Wednesday, he called me back. He said, Mohammed, let's watch the movie again. So I watched it three times. When I bought it. Yeah, this is the movie. Can you type in meme? I know the movie. It's, 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 it's a meme. There are a lot of memes all around this movie. Just type in office yeah. space and then meme. Oh, you'll have to get rid of the Arabic and the 1990, I guess. And then images. There's tons and tons of memes all yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get rid of the 1999 and the Arabic part. Yeah. The other way around. It's okay. He'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. You can do it. Double click. Yeah. Hey. Oh, oh, almost. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You can, you can do it. Oh, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> click, click on the, on the letter. Yeah. Uh, hey. <coughs> there we go. There's oh, tons yes. of memes yeah, yeah, yeah. Tons and tons and tons and tons. This is a fantastic movie. And, <sighs> and, 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 and they bring consultants. Can you click on I have people skills? I have people skills, so I, so I tell everyone over social media why their opinion is wrong. I love it. <laughs> love it. Oh, yeah, you have, you have 25 offices-based memes. Yeah, that are way too real yeah. by saying images.com. So how many meetings do you think we can fit into the same day? <laughs> Let's talk some more about you, Habibi Muhammad. When are you doing more video content? You've got a daughter who's already doing it. Why aren't you pushing it? I'm not gonna let you go on this. No, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it already with someone, as I said. And I, my daughter, let her do her own thing. You know, I'm trying to teach you her something. You have in-house. No, 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 I'm trying to teach her something. You know, we as parents, we need to teach them something. Now, every time she comes to me and said, I want to go for, uh, I have prepared a list of uh, universities in the UK. Uh, these, are, these are the universities that I want to go to. Do you know what I tell her? Yalla, bye. I tell her, get a scholarship and go. Hello. Yeah, because you need to teach them this. You need to work for what you want. Because one of the biggest problems we have today is the culture of entitlement. Mm -hmm. 
uh, thank God all my children, they, they were born in a villa, we have a swim pool, we have a big uh, park, we, we, garden I mean, uh, we have cars, we have everything. I haven't, I haven't had any, any of that. I had to work myself mm-hmm. from the ground up. So I need to teach them work ethic, uh, discipline, and, and this is not taught anywhere else. In university mm-hmm. or in, in, in schools, they will teach them discipline, but discipline is different discipline. You need to be there on the, uh, in the class on time. You need not talk when the teacher is there. But I'm talking about different discipline. A discipline that when you follow discipline, you get results. I agree and I disagree with you, Habibi. I, the part I disagree with you is that you were making an assumption that what worked for us is going to work for them. And more often than not, I find that people focus their energy trying to save money instead of focusing their energy to make money. Yeah. Right? People yeah. Will, will spend two hours looking for coupons instead of doing two hours to go and, and do something that would yeah. make that difference. Yes, yes absolutely. Right? And, yeah. and that's that mentality of, of that mistake. And, and, and add to it, and add to it, sorry, is the amount of people who, who just want to be safe. Hmm? Hmm? You know, and if you tell them to say, okay, we can put you in a room, feed you three times a day. Yeah. You know? That's all right. That's all right. If that's yeah. what you want, that you can yeah, have. Yeah. And then more often than not, they will look at you and go, I, I don't want that. Yeah. Because you can go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> they, you can, you will have a bed and you'll have your food. Yes. Yeah. And if that's what you yeah. want, Haya. Yeah. So, so coming back as what you said, in terms of what worked for us may not work for them. That's true. That's true. And that's what I, that's what I said. They are living in the best era. They have all the tools to, have, to make better lives than what we had. Sure. Yeah? So, so they need to be guided. Not 100% guidance. They need to find a way. They need to lose their way as well. Okay? Because that's the way they learn. Otherwise, if you put everything ready on a plate for them, there's no point. The thing I would add to it is looking at my own life. I wish in my 20s I took even more risk. Mm. That's my biggest regrets. Yeah. You know, and in, 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 in when you're younger, people, especially our parents, they're so worried, you know, subhanAllah, you don't want to ruin your reputation, you don't want this, you don't want yeah. that. Where you're like, hey, you know what, you're 20 years old, you, you have another, inshallah, 60 years to, to, yeah. to, to do something from yourself. Yeah. So spend the next 10 years and do things that are crazy, that are, you know, that, that you don't think, like start a business, yeah, yeah. Uh, go work in the sales, go do crazy stuff. Instead of sitting in an office as an accountant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying don't make money, I'm saying, I yeah. I agree with you, you know, you need to invest your early life, early life to, to build something bigger. And speaking of uh, sales, uh, this is a classic story I always narrate in any chance that I get. I know Bahraini, he's now, he's about getting 70 or something. He worked for Merrill Lynch for 10 years, that's it. Sure. He retired, he built a tower, a residential tower in Jufair, 10 story. He lives in the penthouse and that's it. So. On average, he's getting 9,000 dinars a month in terms of rent. He gets consultancy jobs here and there when he wants to do. He, he doesn't have to do it. 
But if, he's, if, he, if he finds something interesting, he'll do it. Otherwise, he doesn't have to work. You know, he made it. Data free. So I tell him, what's, what's your routine? He said, I will have breakfast with my kids. I'll take them to the school, come back, uh, and uh, either hit the gym, or I have a library of uh, 4,000 books. I'll just pull one book and start reading, and then I'll go pick them up from school, come back, have lunch with them, chat with them, and then maybe I take a nap and do something in the afternoon, and maybe meet my friend in the evening, and that's it. He worked so hard for 10 years. And since he's 32, he's, he's semi-retired. Yeah, I mean, that's the dream, right? I mean, I know people who are now in 65 who spent their last 40 years working their bone off. Yeah. And now, you know, they have all these health issues. Yeah. And so they said, I literally earned all this money to now spend it. On my health. On my health. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's another side of that story. That, that's why when I, when I left my post as a CFO, many people thought I was crazy. I had someone curse me. He said, What's, are you stupid? Mm. How can you leave this position? You left the salary, the perks, the prestige. I said, so what? This is my life. I want to do whatever I want to do with my life. If I come to you asking for money, then you can curse and do whatever you want. Mm. If I come one day and ask you, can you give, give me, me a job or whatever? Can you give me a job or can, can you loan me some money? I'm stuck. So... During this almost seven years, I've done so many things that I couldn't have done if I stayed as a CFO. Sure. And uh, been writing books, uh, been speaking, uh, been traveling, did the crazy things, speaking fr crazy things. I leaped from a tower in Las Vegas from a height of 250 meters. Uh, I paraglided from 2,000 meters. I jumped from an airplane at a height of 4,000 meters. I just recently went to Everest Base Camp. I'm planning to go all the summits across all the continents. If you are an employee, you cannot do all this. Sure. You cannot. And, and when I become 60, 65, and look back on all what I have done, then I'll be more happy than being a CFO at 65. No, I agree. I agree. But there's there are people I, I know from my my own family side who are who who just love the color gray. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's just who they are. They don't they don't like the idea of adventuring. They don't like the idea of, of seeing other cultures or people. They don't like the idea of doing things. Yeah. They're like, hey, you know what? My, my I love just sitting down. Mafiche. Yes. Uh, this not is is there it, anything wrong with this? No. It seems a waste of a life, though, but yeah. it is what it is. So, some, people are, some people take that position. No, there's nothing wrong with being an employee. Yeah, of course, there's nothing wrong. I'm, we're not saying there's something wrong. What we're saying here is there's more to life than just being an employee. Mm. You, you experiment, do something. And going, looking at your own life, now talking to potentially a guy in his 20s or somewhere like that, who's listening to this conversation, he goes, you know what, Mohammed, this is all nice, and, and if I had that kind of capacity, and if I worked as a, as a, a C, CFO, I would have had the money to start my business and all this other stuff. When should they start? You got, you're talking to a guy who's maybe got $1,000 in his bank account, if he's lucky, maybe only 300, maybe only 10. Yeah. Where, where, yeah. Where, what are you saying to him? I think the best start for anyone, and, and, and this is an opportunity that I didn't take when I was in Unilever, anyone can start with sales. Be a salesperson. 
be a salesperson, work smartly, get commissions, get as much as you can, build your name, build your connections, and then do whatever you want with your life. This is, I totally agree with you. I think any entrepreneur, I think this should be a requirement in, in business school. Yeah. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you should be working in sales. Absolutely. That, 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 Absolutely. I'm with you 100%. Because it's all about selling. I totally sales agree. Sales drives everything. Sales <coughs> it drives everything. Uh, you wouldn't business. have been on this podcast if we didn't yeah. sell you to come on. Yeah. So <laughs> sales have everything. So start in sales. And sales doesn't require any capital. Just be sales. Uh, go to any real estate agency. Tell them, I, I want to work with you. Even if they don't give you a salary, just work for it. Commission. Get, get, the, get the experience. Get the con connections. Uh, see how they work. See the systems they follow. Just learn. If you're young, learn. Car the money will come. is really good as yeah. well. The, <coughs> the, 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 the money will come. But mm -hmm. We're not saying, um, as, as we were talking before the uh, talk over here, I don't like this advice, uh, follow your passion. Because many people, they, they think they know their passions, they don't. I agree with you. <coughs> so when they leave their jobs thinking they'll do something, they get stuck, they get hit with reality, and they are hopeless, helpless. So uh, start with something that has been tried and tested, and grow from there. I mean... I <coughs> I can give I can give the perfect similarity to to my own life, uh, working in all kinds of weird fields, and I never really felt <coughs> like it clicked with me. Nothing ever felt like it was clicking with me. Mm. Working from business businesses, consultancy, working as employee, you know, I started when I was like fifteen, working on computers. So mm. nothing ever really clicked. Yeah. Until I did this, and this, I, I it doesn't feel like work to me. Yeah. Yeah. Although it really is a lot of work, but... Yeah, you're just having a conversation. You, you bring your guests and you're having a conversation and you're creating useful content for others to, to, to learn from. And, and that's a great way to serve the community. Forget community. I mean, this brings in also cash flow. It's just you have to put it behind a paywall, right? Or you have to sell like ads in place of it, yeah. right? That's, yeah. that's how you, you, you make your mark. And this, is, this leads into a bigger picture of what my plan is in potentially with the GCC. I'm not sure if I want to stay in the GCC or go back to the West, mainly because there's, there's Shayna Pasina, which is no service type industry for content. Mm. There's only Disney, Netflix, yeah. all this kind of stuff, right? The only exception is MSBC, but most of their content is what? Western again. Yeah. So there is a space here locally to do content locally, to have a network, to supply it, to get VCs involved, get small creators, pay them five to 10,000 yeah. real or, or dinar, depending on how big the yeah. project is, and just post content. There's, there's no reason why Bahrain can't make horror movies. Yeah, of We're, course. <laughs> dramas. You know, the, for, for, forget, you know, the regulation aspect of it. There's nothing wrong with doing horror, drama, yeah. or, or uh, yeah, yeah, mystery, or spies, absolutely. or shazikina. And, and, and as we said earlier, the talent is there. The talent is there. We had an employee with us. He was working in the marketing department. He didn't like his job because mainly of his boss. So he, he resigned. We thought he would go and join another company. He wasn't too plays and uh, TV Dramas. series, yeah, yeah, yeah. movies. He's, he's full-time into that. And he made a name for himself. 
Why? Because he knew his passion, and his passion matched his talent, and that's how he made it. No, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I think on a larger scale picture, content has now become content has become now new crude oil. It used to be data. It's not. It's not that. Go on. They they usually said in the past they 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 say cash is king. Sure. Now content is king. Sure. That's because it, it generates cash. Yeah. So so cash is content. Content is cash. It, it's it's for a lot, for some of the audience here listening. They're thinking, well, you know what? I have a B two B business. Why the fuck do I need content? I, I supply businesses, but you don't realize that you're also a stakeholder in a business. Meaning that you have to you have you have to find the staff. You want the best people for your company, <laughs> and without producing content, you're not going to find these people. Not only that, even if you are B two B. Ultimately, it's people to people. Sure, sure. And that's how they connect with you. Sure, sure. On on your social media, on everything. Absolutely. People. That's that people are dealing with people, not people with the website. Ultimately, they get a reply from someone who who's behind the website, someone from uh, uh, behind the social media channels. Ultimately, people interact. I, I've been trying to tell this to Sabic for God knows how many years, and I've been trying to explain to them, and it doesn't, for whatever reason, it does. It's not clicking on their in their mind. Is that to, to, their their focus for their content should be from a nahi of educational. If you mm -hmm. want engineers, mm -hmm. yeah. then make engineering content. Absolutely. Either sh do free classes, interview Absolutely. famous engineers. This is how you're going to attract that talent pool to come to work yeah, at your yeah, company yeah. in Sabic. Absolutely. But, it, but for whatever reason, if it, they don't understand that sometimes you need a lost leader to sell a product. Yes, right? yes, yes. <laughs> and you need call yes. centers to have profit centers. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, it's all about connections, humanity. I agree with you. We are humans, we connect at a human level, that's it. Whether it be B2B, uh, B2C, doesn't matter. Now, what people talk about P2P, People to people. people. That's it. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Do you, Do you think, from a larger aspect of, uh, from your consultancy uh, uh, prospect, how many people have this weird assumption that they're going to have positive cash flow in six months? Unfortunately, this never happens. But when when, well, when when I left my my job, I had cash stashed away. And the way I was burning cash was beyond the normal. Sure. You, you get hit from everywhere. Sure. So people need to get very real when they have a business. If you think it's six months, make it 18 months. We were talking about Bill Gates. You were talking about Bill Gates having three years of cash. And this is Bill Gates, mm. Microsoft, a well-known brand. Is there anyone in the world who doesn't know Microsoft? No. So if they are careful that to that extent, we should be careful as well. Uh, I agree with and, you. And what we hear, success, overnight success story is never an overnight success story. I told you when, I agree we, with when you. we had the break, uh, it's been seven years almost, and I see that I'll be doing more, more deals in the coming seven years than whatever I did in the first seven years. But don't you feel it took you seven years to learn what to do for the eighth year? Yeah. Right? Not only that, because you have tried so many things, now you know what works, what doesn't. Sure. So now you build on this knowledge. So it takes time. 
Even in the holy book of Quran, there is this critical period, seven years. Yeah. And I was talking to a friend of mine, her name is Viola. She's much older than me and you. And she, when I told her about the seven-year concept that I'm having in my life now, she said, Jabat al-Quran. No, she didn't. <laughs> okay. She didn't bring the Quran. She said, Muhammad, this is science. Successful people need to reinvent themselves every seven years. Or otherwise, they lose the opportunities this window brings. Very interesting that you say this, because I know a lot of millionaires who actually say something very similar to what you said. It, it, they said, it, it, it isn't that, that it took me to make a million dollars. It took me to become a person who can earn a million dollars. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. It's fascinating. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, maybe sometimes if you make a million very quickly, you will ruin your life. Sure, if you don't know how to yeah. manage yourself, absolutely. Yeah, it's just think about all these uh, professional players in the U.S. Suddenly they are rich. They don't know what to do. They go into drugs, alcohol. They, they, they squander all this money. Think about Mike Tyson. He squandered 400 million U.S. I he, mean, that's not fair. I mean, he did get a lot of hits on the head as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, But, this is not, yeah, it's not exactly his fault per se, I would, yeah, I would argue. Yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't his fault. But, you know, uh, if you can afford it, you need to have the right advisors around you. And this is very important. Okay? If you are just making it, remember how long it took you before you squander the money. Before you buy something, think, do I really need this? Okay? If I buy it, will I be able to make something better in my life because I have this thing or not? So... So there are so many things. Unfortunately, we, we don't have this in our culture. Uh, I read the Wall Street Journal, and they have, every now and then, they have a feature about someone successful, who's successful. And they have what they call personal board of directors. Okay. So they have mentors across sure. different industries. So if I'm facing a challenge at work, I will reach to someone. So what do you think I should do? We need, we need to have this network in our life. The listeners, the viewers of this podcast, they need to ask, do we have that? Do we have five individuals we can reach to when we have a problem, when we have a challenge? Five individuals who are objective, because if you are part of the problem, you have bias towards your, your opinions, your beliefs. But when you have someone objective and you tell them the whole thing and then they listen to you, And then they give you their advice. Maybe it's in line with what you thought. Maybe it's opposite to what you have thought. But at least you have a perspective. It, it's very similar to an advice my friend once gave me. And he was saying, you're the average of five of your friends. Yeah. yeah. And then he also said, if you're in the room and you're the smartest person in the room, you're, you're in, the in the wrong room. room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I, know <laughs> I know this very well. And, and one of the things that, I, that made me leave my post as a CFO I was in the wrong room. Was, it, was there at all any pressure because you felt like you deserved the position of the CEO? Uh, well, that, that position I, I definitely deserved. Yeah. Okay, and I could easily fulfill that position. But more than that, as a CFO, I have done everything a CEO, a CFO could have done. Sure. More than, you know, I was very lucky to do so many things as a CFO in that company. I, I cross-list, I... I IPO'd the company. Sure. Uh, listed on Bahrain Stock Exchange. MashaAllah. 
cross-listed it on uh, Kuwait Stock Exchange. I raised more than $100 million in debt. I restructured the company. I did so many things beyond finance. Give me the process of getting listed in Bahrain. How difficult is it? Well, in our time, it was very difficult. But don't you have to have an annual re uh, revenue of like about a million BD? I I'm not sure now about the regulations, but uh, first of all, you need to prepare your company in terms of infrastructure, sure. in terms of corporate governance, in terms of capital capacity, in terms of the uh, required functions to be listed on uh, uh, stock exchange. And not only that, you need to work with the Central Bank of Bahrain as well. Sure. So you have these two regulation, uh, two regulatory entities working in tandem uh, to make sure that you are qualified to be listed. So when you look at places like the US, and if I could be mistaken, but I think to apply as a PLC is 20K. It's, it's easier over there. It's crazy, isn't because it? Because the regulation is much uh, easier to understand, much simpler. And there is a ton of advisory companies that they will just do it like this. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's, I think I could be mistaken, but I think it's around 20K. Uh, obviously, you, every, every quarter you have to publish your, your, your findings, yeah. your yeah. works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the same over here. But again, even the listing idea mm. should be justified. I shouldn't be list, uh, listing a company for the sake of being a listed company. Sometimes a private company is better off being a private company. Of course, of course. I mean, Dell infamously goes between yeah, yeah, being yeah. listed yeah. and then being private back yeah. and forth. Yeah. Whenever they need more money, yeah. they start yeah. listing. And, and sometimes the regulatory burden is so big, it doesn't allow you to focus on your internal affairs. Mm. In our company, we were also regulated by Kuwait. And just like Saudi, Kuwait has capital market authority in parallel with the stock exchange, Tadawil. So, so you're done with double the paperwork. I'll, I'll tell you now. The corporate governance report requirement of CMA, Kuwait CMA. Mm. You know how, 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 how much is the requirement? I have no idea. 49 pages of requirements. 40, the requirements is 49 pages. So you can, can you imagine the work you put on compliance? So, so th this, is, this is a burden you pay. But don't you think that this kind of bureaucracy and stuff like that, inshallah, will, will become easier and easier through process of technology and there's not going to be this much of a headache in the long term? There has to change. It has to. You, you know, you, I, 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 what, you want to turn it into 80 pages? Yeah. <laughs> it has to, yeah. It has to. It has to. It has to change. And uh, uh, regulators need to be more smart in automating things. Even the way you report your figures, your numbers in the U.S. And there was an issue with the board of, there was an issue between the CEO of that bank and the board of directors. So the board of directors told the CEO, quit, we don't want you. And now if you're a CEO and the board tells you quit, you cannot say, no, no, I'll continue. That's it. The relationship is over. You need to go. So the board did mm. not stop over there. They told HR, tell us who are the key executives who were recruited by the CEO. And they gave them a list. And they fired the people on the list. And one of them was a friend of mine. He was a collateral damage, basically. Politics. Yeah, exactly. So what happened? He said, after this experience, I don't think I want to go back and become an employee. Mm. regardless of my experience in banking, regardless of whatever I had. 
I'll just start a small construction company, building villas and selling these villas. You just here in Bahrain? Yeah, here. Oh here my in Bahrain. God! Okay. Yeah, and he made so much money. Last year, he took me around his projects, and I was impressed because he learned the ins and outs of construction. I don't believe him for a second. Very quickly. No, no, no. I don't no. believe him for a second. No, he made money. He's making money. Habibi, the banks here won't even give you a loan if you're a no, builder. No, 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 no. He's making good money to the extent that he, he bought a plot of land. Sure. Four times the size of his current plot where he lives. And he's building that plot. Where's the investment money coming from? Uh, he, he, he started investing his, his own money. So he's money. looking for VCs basically who he, fund no, the No, no, he started investing. You know, he started with 100,000 dinars and just built on from there. Okay. Now he's, he's worth maybe half a million dinar. Okay, well, yeah? well here's, here's, here's my, my, my initial issue with these, with these things. First of all, I know that banks are infamous here in Bahrain that they will not give loans to, to builders here in Bahrain mm -hmm. because of the legal restrictions and, and it's, it's very gray when it comes to what happens with the default of the building, mm -hmm. bankruptcy. It's very hard for the bank to, re to regain that asset of that well, land. Well, you know, not really, not really. Really? Yeah, not really. Banks are willing to give contractors uh, really? loans and, and they can protect themselves very well in case of default. Really? Very well. And then my second question would be, considering how much property is on the market versus how much demand is on the market, right? Mm. You have so much supply. Yeah. And, and again, where's the demand? Again, we're going back to the taxi drivers. Sure. There are taxi drivers who are complaining. Okay. And there are taxi drivers who are flooding with work. Of course. And this is the same applies with real estate. Okay. I know someone, I've been dealing with this broker since 2002. He still have the same place, the same place where he has three tables, one for him, one for his partner, and one for the third partner. And they have been there forever. Through his office, I met someone else. This guy, he was occupying one office in one of the buildings. The moment someone leaves from the same floor, he will just take the other office. If someone else's leave, he'll just take over. Mm. So ultimately, he, he had one floor of offices, okay? Although he started much later than broker A, okay? Recently, he moved altogether to another building, a bigger office. And over, over, a 10 years period, he made from commissions, he made from commissions, 15 million US. MashaAllah. Broker A, still in the same office. Mm. Three tables, table one, two, three. And if you go there, they'll offer you whether you, you want Nescafe or Karkade or Lipton tea bag, that's it. The other guy, he, he participated in exhibitions. He developed relationships with very high net worth individuals in, in Bahrain and beyond. That's the way of making money. Yeah, so, so again, in life, there are those people who will just be content with what, whatever they have. And, and it's not about being content, I think. It's about whether you want to give 
extra efforts or not. Sure. Because obviously, if, if you're sitting in the same office for the last 20 years, and someone who comes after you, and they, he has 15 million US in his bank account. Sure. And he continues to expand, regardless of all the market turns up and down. He was just expanding all the time. There has to be something. I don't disagree with you, but but looking at it again from my own viewpoint, I've had guests on the show where I walk them out because I, with all my guests, I always walk them to the car. I always you know say thank you for coming on, blah blah blah. Yeah. That was a real pleasure. You know, that's the right way of doing things. Every, every, I've had guests, by the way, who've come up and who said to me, "Hey, you know what? Uh, why don't you come uh, to to the next team meeting we have at the company and give some advice and stuff like that?" And I say, "Habibi, if cameras are involved, okay, we can make content, but you you can't ask for my time." Yes. For Balash. Yes. You know, yeah. ahna, friends, we can yes. have coffee, we can have yes, lunch. Absolutely. You can ask me privately, but don't expect me to sit in a conference absolutely. with you for six hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. This, again, only happens here. Oh, yeah. Which is strange to me. And if Nasi Fakroon. Uh, I'll tell you something. Uh, we, we talked about uh, those institutes uh, that would uh, call me and, and ask, how much do you charge per the, per the hour? I said, mm-hmm. So. I was dealing with the German. You mentioned Germany a few times, and I respect the Germans mm. on many levels. Mm. Okay, uh, I was working with the German Institute. They they would even pay you for your research time, for your material preparation time. Over here, no, that's not part of the deal. We're paying you for the day you're coming. Mm. What about the seven days I was researching this topic? <coughs> So it's about a culture of appreciation. You appreciate the work of the other person. You pay for what you get. Yeah. You pay for what you get. And, and, and speaking of German, and again, uh, you, you, you said we, we need to emulate the West. And this is one area I think we need to emulate the West to advance further. Unfortunately, we don't have this. I say this. Uh, Do you think it's because the market is too small? I'll tell you, it's about leadership. Do you think that's the reason? Because if you're a, if you're a CEO of a company, why why would you think about uh, having a budget for uh, research and development when you know this will come and hit your bottom line? So you will report less profit. Do you not think it's also a problem with with a cultural man- mentality? Wish tfakir went good Bahraini, tfakir lazy, right or wrong? This is the, one of the problems. They're not all lazy. No, 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 no. It's not about lazy. No, no, I'm saying this is the yeah. mentality of, yeah. of, of, let's say you're talking to a, to a board or CEO yeah. or business runner or whatever. These are two things they think about. One, lazy. Thanian, I can get hunud. They do it for cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is, yeah, I mean, this is a mushkila. Again, leadership. Leadership. See, I was in uh, the Deutsche Museum <coughs> in Munich. Mm. And... Uh, it's, it's a historical place, right? Mm. When, you, when you hear museum, it's a historical place. Mm. So I was there enjoying and reading all the plaques, uh, going through a journey in time. But there, there was a section for Siemens, the company. We'll come to the future. And this is the section where they show you everything that Siemens is working on, research sure. and development. Sure. What was the budget for research and development? In the billions, I imagine. Four billion euros. Mm. How many scientists, how many engineers, how many data analysts they have working in research and development? Sure. 35,000 employees. 
Now, if you are investing in research and development, you're bound to find something. We don't do this. We don't do this. We don't do this. Uh, earlier, we talked about my talk on Everest, leadership lessons from Everest. When I was in Kathmandu, I, I bought five books on Everest because I want to go deep, find analogies that I can link with leadership. Can you bring up his book from Everest? You've been talking about it a lot, so let's sell it. Let's sell it. <laughs> Mohammed, you brought up Everest, I think, what, a hundred times today? Can we make a can we make a counter? This is <laughs> you're no, gonna no, sell no. it. Go on his go on Instagram. His book is on Instagram, 100 percent No, no, it's not there. Is it not? You can you can see a picture of me on Everest. Okay, then type in Everest. You can go to Nomad973, that would be easier for you. Nomad. Nomad? No, uh, they are linked. One word. One word. Nomad? Yeah, Mad. Okay, Nomad. Uh, nomad, Mad. D. Yeah. Uh, 973. 973. Okay, let's hit it. Let's see if it comes up. Uh, no. No man medium? No, 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 that's not me. I missed that. Okay. Okay, yeah. This image, yeah, I think you would find it here. Where is it linked to? To medium, yeah, no man medium. Uh, Open that one. Open that link. Look, look, click on that link. Just click on it. Yeah, visit, whatever. Should be on Instagram. Okay, so oh, this is the... No, no, this is an, an unpublished website. Okay. Okay. This was published last, yeah. last year, did you? Last year. Yeah. So, so just go to Instagram and uh, Nomad973. That, that, that's the link. Yeah, that's me. So go down a little bit. Uh, more, more. When, whenever you see me holding the flag, this is the picture. There it is. Yeah, there this it is. is the picture. Everest Camp. Okay. So this was in May. So I was saying that research and development. Mm -hmm. So I have this talk. And I firmly believe that I need to develop this talk as, as I go on in my life. This okay. is not a one-time uh, creation process. So I bought five books from Kathmandu on Everest. I know in India, Amazon sells the books for much cheaper. So I contacted one of your Indian friends. One of my Indian friends, and I said, Shaitan. I, I said, uh, get me books on Everest. These are the books that I have. He commented, you already have five books. Why? Why more? Say, so, yeah, I need to research more. So that, that's how I distinguish myself from others. Mm. You know? Your level of depth. Level of depth, level of uh, research. And that's what we need to do, what we need to do in this region. We need to invest in research and development. If there is a social problem, go to the College of Social Science, create a focus group by the students, solve this problem. Let them work on real problems. We have a problem in telecom, we, we cannot market our products. Go to the marketing college, uh, get a focus group by the students. We have this problem, 
give us a solution. You have, you have, we have this problem of energy. Get some engineers from the university, uh, the College of Engineers. Let them work on something. You can find so many things, but you need to have a belief in people. You need to appreciate their knowledge. You need to give them a chance to prove themselves. Sure, that's what we need in this region. Uh, more research and development. How can you be creative? How can you be innovative if you're not investing in research and development? So you you think that Bahrain should take a stance like Israel then? Like Israel. Israel is, is number one when it comes to research. See, we don't, we don't have to look over there. Just look in Saudi. Sabak. Sure. Aramco. They have so many patents filed every year. Why? Because they need to do this. Sure. They need to do this. We need to have this culture. But as I told you in the beginning, if I'm a CEO, if I, if I know if I spend on research and development, that means expenses... That means my profit will go down. That means my bonus will go down. That means my stock options will go down. Why should I bother? Sure, sure, sure. So this is a, a matter of leadership. Leadership that comes from the top. The government, a Ministry of uh, Industry and Commerce, companies. They, they often say that this is the, the duality of the nature of business. You have a CEO that wants to make a 20-year plan. You have a manager that wants to work on a five-year plan. And then you have a supervisor who wants to work on a one-month plan. Yeah. Right? Yes. And, and, and it's hard to... Con the supervisor, obviously, the better his monthly report is, the better it is. The, the, the manager, the better the five-year report comes out, the better it is for yeah. him. Yeah. So there's constantly yeah. this, this friction. pressure. Yeah, friction. Friction between the priorities. But if, if, if this becomes a national policy, we need to create this. Then it's a, it's a different thing. Because now you're encouraging, as a government, you're encouraging companies to invest in research and development, and they will do it. I know a, I know a company, I forgot the name. My, my, I knew him through a friend of mine. He was telling me that the way he pays his commission on his sales team wasn't through a flat fee mm -hmm. that was a one-time commission. It yeah. was a two-factor commission. Yeah. He said one for the sale to get it. Yeah. And he said there was an additional commission, which was another, say, let's say it was 15%, 15%. So he's giving 30% commission. Yeah. That's a lot of money. But he gave 15 at first for the sale. And he gave a second commission, which was within three months, if they got from the same customer a sale. I repeat the sale. I repeat the transaction. Yeah. And his, he was telling me that the reason he structured it this way was that, that for the sales team, it was more important to build that relationship than just to close the deal. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that really shocked me. It's, it's, it's behavioral. It's behavioral. A sales is a behavioral uh, science. How, how do you manage? For example, uh, maybe, maybe you, you go and sell, but again, there's a problem. You need to collect the money, right? Mm. So some companies also, they give you a commission for bringing the money because otherwise, if you're a salesperson, let me sell. And maybe the account receivables, they need to deal with this. Uh, why should I bother? So, so you need to play it. You need to play it in a nice way where you can shape the behavior of the sales team. There are so many ways we can talk about. Because uh, as we said earlier, sales drives everything. So for your, own, for your own performance, for your own speeches, for your own branding, why don't you hire someone from Fiverr who works in sales and just let him, his daily business, it's just getting what, you what, that reach. You remember the, the trainees from Bahrain Polytechnic? Sure. I already offered them that. Sure. 
get me any transaction, you get 20%. Finish. Sure. I'm happy to get, give them 20% because anyway, that money would, wouldn't have come, the, the 80%. Sure. So I'm, I'm following this approach. Get me any, any speech, you get 20%. Finish. No question asked. And I told them, if you, if you make me 50,000 uh, dinars, you get 10,000 10, dinars. 100, you get 20,000 dinars. I don't mind. Mm. I don't mind. Ultimately, we need to work in alliances. Sure. Win-win. We talked about the National Speakers Association. It was founded by someone called Robert Cavett. And he founded it on a very good principle. A principle we should all adopt, regardless of where we are. Mm. He said, we don't compete on the pie. We enlarge the pie. Sure, sure. So if you enlarge the pie, Everyone's getting a piece of the pie. Sure. But if the pie is very small and everyone's fighting on that small pie, there's no point. That's why today, if you go to the US, in the job classifications, you see speaker, public speaker as a, as a profession. In our region, there's no, no profession. So if, if you tell someone uh, you're a speaker, what's that? In the U.S., no, it's there in the tax form. Public speaker, they know what's public speaker. It's, it's identified. Well, things change, right? PT, the personal trainer, wasn't a profession. Yeah, right. If you would have gone ten years back, a nutritionist, of course, wasn't a, it wasn't a job ten years ago. So, so things change, and new jobs are created every day, right? And it's an evolutionary process. Absolutely. Yeah. So, 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 again, we need to create. We need to do things. We need to do practical things and not always theoretical, uh, you know. Uh, sometimes uh, people uh, comment on the mathematics we use. And they say, they, they're, 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 friends are sitting. Ah, well, remember this equation we had in university? Have you, have you used it once in your practical uh, life? No. But there is another perspective. There are people who are using math. To solve big problems. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. So, so everything has a different perspective. So we shouldn't discount any science. We shouldn't discount any course because it's, it's a matter of application. I was about to say, I was, in my head, I was thinking of like aggregate demand. Mm. You know, C plus, <laughs> plus I plus, plus G, X minus. Yeah, so, so, so these formulas, they, they may not work for us. But someone sitting in the Ministry of Finance, an economist, a, research, a researcher, they would do these sure. all the time. Sure. So we shouldn't be discounting anything. And that's why we shouldn't be discounting research and development as companies. And I know, it's, it's a, as you said, it's, it's hard. Because each, each, uh, each person in the organization has a different horizon. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm 55. I'm waiting for the board to tell me, you know, you're becoming very old for this. Why don't we give you a package? And you leave. So my, my horizon is, I'm waiting for that talk from the board of director. Do you, do you think I'll be interested in uh, digital transformation or uh, upskilling my sales force? Or... No, I'm waiting for the package to go home. So I wouldn't invest in research. And, uh, why, why should I bother? It will hurt my profit. You know what? I'm going to run an experiment. I'm going to hire a guy from, from Upwork or Fiverr 
sales. Mm. And I'm going just to say to him, I want you to reach out to people, hear a list of our content from our podcast, and see what happens. I want to see whether if, if we do through that channel of, of a sales-ish initiative channel, right? You, you've put them in the funnel. Yeah. There, is, there, is no, there is no closure right now. There is no capturing at the moment yes. for cash-wise, right? But I'm interested if we just do the first half of that step without the second half, which is the closure, whether or not as a channel as a, will, grow. will grow. Yeah. I have a gut feeling that's telling me that is probably the best way of growing is just having some guy yeah. this shooting is, those DMs, messaging those this people. This is what they do on Instagram. Uh, the, you should follow so-and-so. They, they have content on this and this. And sometimes you, you go to their account. You see, okay, you follow. Depends. True. True. <coughs> But I think with, with, with my thinking, I'm thinking a bit more larger scale. I'm thinking we're, we're, we're going like to get some really good content pieces like we did today, right? And then snippet it. So it's about one to two yeah. minutes, maximum, maximum one and a half, I would try to say. And then tell the sales, sales guy, hey, you know what? Message these CEOs. Say, like, this might be good information for your team. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, well, I'll, I'll push your, your Muhammad name out there. Yeah. <laughs> so Let's hopefully see. that hire comes in. Let's see. But, but I have a feeling that, that we, I would be surprised at how many people reshare that link yeah. to a larger audience. Yeah, that's uh, the more they share, of course, it means uh, the better. The more content. Yeah. The, the, the more engagement. So life is about experiments. Mm. Life that's is about, a weird thing. A lot of people don't do yeah. that. Life is about experiments. As I told you uh, before we started uh, sitting here, that I have been relying on pull marketing. But I'll be doing push marketing. And you can do a direct mail campaign, a physical direct mail campaign. Put a covering letter, put your brochure, and send it to a CEO of a company. Here's, here's advice I gotten from a, from a consultant at one point. And you can take it on board or not. That's up to you. I don't remember who told me this. They said, you get an iPad, cheap-ass iPad, right? You go get a jailbreak, so the moment it turns on, a video plays, mm -hmm. right? That's not too hard. You can find people in the suit yeah. who can do that for you. You, rec you. you record a message saying whatever your services are, right? You package it. You go to DHL. You find the CEO for whatever company that you want to do that speech for. When DHL sends it, it requires a signature, mm. right? So either the secretary or he will sign yeah, it. We'll yeah. open that package, be like an iPad. Yeah. Everyone loves iPads. Turn it on. Your face is right there saying, hey, you know what? <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a real story. Sure, let's hear it. I'll give you a real story on this. Uh, I have done some work with uh, an agency in the U.S. And someone called Nick wanted to reach out to Brian Tracy. And this is the second time we mentioned Brian Tracy. So Nick does collaborative books. And he will bring these iconic speakers, authors, and feature them in these books. So he started contacting Brian Tracy. He's, he was leaving voice notes. He was leaving messages. He was sending emails. Nothing worked. Because Brian Tracy is a very busy man, although he's in his 70s. So he did exactly what you have done, what you have said. He sent him an iPad. And on the iPad, the screen said, swipe here. Mm. So he swiped. 
And then on the screen, it said, play this video. And Nick was talking directly to Brian Tracy. And that's how the relationship started. And then Brian told him that it wasn't that I was uh, ignoring you. I was very busy. I, I, did, I didn't see any of your messages before, but this got my attention and that's how I contacted you. People, people don't yeah. put a value on creativity. Yeah. So, uh, so, so what, what I was referring to, direct mail, as again, uh, this is experiment. I send them a book, copy of one of my books, Chai Karak, a customer service story. Everyone needs customer service training. Everyone needs customer service speeches. So you send them a book. Mm. Hi, this is Muhammad Isa, and uh, here, here is a gift for your, uh, for you and your team. And Hopefully your it's team. good to read, yeah. Um, if there is anything we can do, uh, let's work together. Thank you so much. For me, this will cost nothing, a few hundred dinars. But if I get one speech, I made all the whole campaign. Sure. Yeah? So you experiment that. Maybe then you take it to another level, the iPad level. Mohammed, when you have some time, give me some of your, your books, if you have some pictures of it. We'll run a giveaway. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, why through not? the channel. Why not? Um, and that will cause for you some reach. You know, yeah, some yeah, people see not? the books and whatever else. And for 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 us, it'll also bring some awareness as well. So if you're up for it, yeah, yeah, for why not? Why yeah. not? I'll get I'll get you a bunch. Uh, just course. pictures is is fine, and uh, we we pictures are the real books. It, it it doesn't so matter. And we'll run an ad campaign on Instagram and on on on, on Instagram and on Snap, no, not Snapchat, on LinkedIn. Okay. And we'll do a competition. And the winner then gets uh, four of your books from business. What yeah, do you think? Why you like not? it? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Check like not too excited. <laughs> no, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Khalas. All right. Anything else you'd like to add, Mohammed? That's, that's what we have been saying. You know, we need to experiment things with, with things. Oh, giveaways, giveaways. Why not? I'm telling you, that's a really good and powerful tool. Bahrain loves gives away. This, this area and region. I know. Rayy, I, know, I know, I know, and, 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 and sometimes you think, do they really need this? Rayy. But if it's working, why not? Giveaways work here, but in London, I've tried it, I, no I, one cares. I saw the Nando's, uh, Nando's yeah. giveaway. None of it cared in, in the UK, in Bahrain, mashallah, I had uh, almost a thousand comments. Wow. In, in the UK, maybe a hundred, maybe. Okay. Nobody cared. Okay. I don't know why. Interesting. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. No, come on, Mohammed. And uh, how would people find you if people are interested in uh, they, getting They can go to Mohammed Isa 3DS or Nomad973 on Instagram. All right. We'll put those two things on the link, guys. Um, Mohammed, it was a real pleasure. And uh, I'd really love to have you back on. My pleasure, my friend. Yeah, I'm, I'm one day early. <laughs> <laughs> we don't make it.